0: Everybody and welcome to episode 589 of Conversation Street. I'm Michael and this is Emma. Uh, <laughs>
1: Do
0: you remember uh, that? That was still a few days ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Gemma, of course. Hello, happy happy 11th anniversary of the podcast, darling.
1: Yeah. It's today.
0: Today is the it's day. Today. So today, as we are recording this, this marks 11 years since we recorded the first ever episode. And when um. it comes out tomorrow, that's going to be 11 years since the first episode was released.
1: Well, if you could go back in time and tell yourself Something about the future of the podcast.
0: Oh my gosh! What
1: would you say? I'm not
0: prepared for this question. Would
1: you be like, don't do it? Would you be (laughs) like, no? Would you be like, you're not even going to believe what's going to (laughs) happen?
0: I don't know what I'd say. Like, I'm (laughs) really.
1: I'd say, say, listen, Gemma, it's not going to make money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But, but.
1: Other things will happen that you will quite enjoy, and also don't think things that en- money can't actually buy. Well,
0: yes, that's that the most is very true. I don't. i There's so little. I'd want to do differently. I mean, maybe I would think of starting to put things on YouTube earlier and building that little <laughs> stream earlier. But I, I didn't yeah, know. That no, would I mean, have been it, a good idea. I, I think that don't you do know, that, you idiot. I am very very happy with how everything on the podcast. I wasn't has going gone. to say.
1: Is there anything you'd do differently? I was more thinking. Would, what would you say to yourself, like to to encourage you, you and your podcasting journey?
0: I don't even know. I'm keep, not even Michael keeps for putting this. his
1: hands to his cheeks
0: I'm doing the the home alone ah yeah. oh, oh, sort of why face Why are you asking me questions? Uh, well, what would you what would you say would you to, say to yourself to, say? to encourage yourself? Um, to yeah, I'd to... say.
1: It's no getting out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd say it will be absolutely worth it in the end. I mean In the it, end?
1: Is <gasps> this the final one?
0: No, shut up. <laughs> um, it, it 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 didn't even take you know, some podcasts I see it take ages to take off and ours didn't particularly, did it? Well I it mean, didn't take off. <laughs> I, I'd may I'd maybe say, because I know back at the beginning we had Probably somewhat lofty expectations about how many <laughs> listeners there could be. Because we literally had no idea. I remember doing the maths and going, right, okay, so at the moment we've we got, we got 10 million watch? people watching Coronation Street. Then were the days, eh? And about, you know, at least a tenth of those are probably want to listen to the. I literally had no idea. So maybe I would say, don't be disheartened by the initial um, listening figures. You'll be proud of it It'd in be the fine. end.
1: Yeah. yeah. We've okay. still not
0: quite hit that, you know, we one million listeners million. per episode We've got mark. a million
1: downloads, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: over the course of the year. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you everybody for sticking with us for 11 years and here's to 11 more. And it was also very nice this week to be able to celebrate our 11th anniversary with Jody Prenger. Special guest on the podcast this week. She Cheers, very a... much love for coming on and having a nice laugh and a chat.
1: She went now about twinkle in someone's eye back 11 years ago.
0: Oh, what's she just?
1: Just a whippersnapper.
0: I know, and it was a, it was quite a la- last <laughs> minute sort of organised interview as well. We only found out on was it maybe Wednesday that we'd be able to chat with her. So brilliant. it was um it was uh, no, Tuesday so maybe. She's yeah, so she was fantastic. brilliant, absolutely lovely, so funny. I could have talked to her for hours. Um, so thank you, Jodie, for coming on. Hope everyone's had the chance to listen to that or watch it over on our YouTube because it is a video interview as well.
1: Could you tell that you were interviewing Jodie and not Glenda? Or was there a bit of a crossover?
0: Yeah. It was, it was a really difficult one, actually, because like I've said before, um, I, I didn't know... Jodie from before she got the the part on Coronation Street. So I've only before, ever known her as you know, Glenda. There are so and many of
1: the of the cast that you've known for years.
0: No, I'm just saying that she she liked Glenda. She was funny. She was talkative. She was bubbly. She was in many ways. She she even said as part of the interview, didn't she? Like maybe mm. there was a bit of Glenda in me, all along. She's so and
1: great. I love her so much. She's I did. It's great. not.
0: I I didn't forget. Obviously, but yeah, she she. From how she portrayed herself in the interview, I think that um, there's definitely is a little bit of Jodie in Glenda. It was lovely. I also found it was um, one of the interviews that I was doing on video that more than once I forgot that it was a video one and it would have to. No, 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 no. in like I was doing things for the video that wouldn't translate to the people listening it to it on the audio. So um, sorry, anybody who might have not known what was going on. Um, but anyway, hope you all enjoyed listening to that. If you did, we are going to be chatting today about um, the episodes between the 14th and the 18th of August, 2023. And that is 11,030 to 11,035. I've written 34 in it, but I'm pretty sure so it's five. What are we five. talking about? Coronation Street. Yeah, this is a Coronation Street. This is
1: Street definitely a Coronation
0: podcast. Street podcast. Five minutes in. Yeah. Um oh I also wanted to say something else cool that's happened this week. We we were on an article, we were featured on an article on the C B C um website, weren't we? Which we is pretty were. cool. We got contacted when was it, two, three weeks ago? It was when we um, were on holiday. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was when we were on holiday in France. One of our listeners, um, Eva, was said that she was writing an article about Stephen Reed <laughs> and how, like, oh how my, he's portrayed oh, as a Canadian to. on Coronation Street. Have we got anything that we'd like to say? Not yet. Yes. Um, so, um, you
1: can't stop me from talking about Stephen Reid. He is the best.
0: We gave her numerous Uncle quotes Stephen. about it, and the, and and some of those we used in the article. I found it funny reading it because yeah. um, I I thought I, the way that we were referred to by our surnames in the article, like my it mother it says Dodson. Like, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's there on the CBC.ca website. See here you, go. So you Want to have a read of it?
1: I'm often asked um, why I didn't take your name when we got married, but. A very good side effect of not taking your name is that we can be referred to officially as by our surname. That, sorry,
0: how would they have done it if they we had have the same it. surname So Mr. To... Dodson and Mrs. Dodson? Or would that be your next step up? You'd Mrs. still be Ms.
1: Mrs. Dodson is my mother-in-law's
0: <laughs> name. Um, yeah, that was really fun. Um, what else have we got to talk about? Oh, I tell you what, we've had a day today, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> we had today. We had one of our friends um, who lives in Brighton come and visit us, and we've not seen her for how long has it been? Seven, Seven years, years or so. Uh, we're <laughs> not very good friends. I mean, no, we are. We just never organise a chance to to meet up or anything. And the last, the last time we went over to her to see her was at her son's christening, and. He, he wasn't a baby no more, was he? He was running yeah. around the place all day today, and
1: leaping around. Gemma has football.
0: never has any kind of interactions with children, do you? I do, obviously, nope. in a professional capacity. Um, but yeah, so she, like, cry me, Did, didn't know what to, didn't know what to do with him. But he was very, very sweet, wasn't he? Just oh, to, they're
1: both, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They were, they were. Yeah, they got two children. A um, bit, a bit of a handful. We've had children running around the house today. Abby wasn't. Abby wasn't impressed, was she? No, she wasn't. <laughs> she hid under a bush for most of time. It day. was
1: lovely having people appreciating my cooking.
0: Yes. We, the other reason that we're tired, not just because of, of, of visitors and children and everything, is that we've been um, frantically... Well, not frantically. Is that the right word? We've been thoroughly cleaning the house and Gemma has been doing lots of lovely cooking and preparation for today. So we're a bit pooped. And
1: I'm on deadline.
0: And Gemma's on deadline, but hopefully we will still be able to deliver a banging podcast today because I thought this week's curry was pretty good.
1: But before that, Michael, would you like a quiz? I would like a quiz very much, please. Fantastical. This... These are things that happened between the 14th and the 18th of August, and he is in the years ending in a 3 and an 8, and I can source the information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 14th of August, 1998. What article does Toyer write that Curly is appalled by?
0: It's about um, how uh, older people try to trendify themselves to, you know, like that, isn't it? Because Cur- this is when Curly had dyed his hair... I bleached his hair and gone all spiky, and and was wearing cooler glasses. And Toy was like, "These these oldies, they know what they're doing. They think they're cool and young." Is that is that a good Sad enough? Man answer? who dressed younger. Yeah, there we go. I knew it.
1: Fifteenth of August, two thousand and eighteen. Underworld. This is a stumper. I've been stumping you all. A stumper. All podcast, I reckon. Yeah. Asking you questions that you can't.
0: Is this one of them? Is it? Well,
1: I don't know. Maybe you'll get this. Fifteenth of August, two thousand and eighteen. Underworld changes hands. who sells it and who buys it you've got three possible points
0: here What was the year 17 18 2018
1: um 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 oh god Bennett
0: um Alia sells it yeah good job yep 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 um Carla Mm -hmm, mm is
1: that right uh yeah
0: and yeah was there an and
1: yeah
0: Nick is this one of the no. times that Nick owned it? I can't remember. No. Who was
1: it? It was um Peter.
0: Pete oh yeah, that makes sense. How many points can I have for that? You get two. Oh great, that's pretty good. And a zero.
1: Do you remember earlier in the factory? That was weird. I remember when that happened. Sixteenth of August 2013, Craig makes a confession to Carl. But what is it, and why is it significant?
0: I always get surprised when I when I um when I realise how long Craig Tinker has actually been yep. in the show. Um, I remember him doing this. Ah, oh, oh, Craig confesses that he um, reckons that he burnt down the Rovers. Yeah, because he was having a crafty fag out the back, wasn't he? But what does he think
1: that that? What, what does he think that led to
0: Sunita's death? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and
0: the Rovers catching on fire. Oh. Uh. And and Tony the fireman's Yes, Tony. Yes. Tony
1: the fireman. Fire
0: lady. Fire person.
1: But why is it significant? How <laughs> many
0: extra bits of this? Cra- I asked Craig you Craig thinks he's a murderer. I asked
1: you at the beginning. Craig makes a confession yeah. to Carl.
0: Yeah, and it was Carl what done it.
1: Yes, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, One say point that, for all you? of that information. You didn't say that, did you? <laughs> I didn't
0: know what you wanted.
1: I specifically asked you.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Go on.
1: If you give yourself a point. I have
0: yeah, I've given myself one right. point for that fantastic. Oh for goodness sake,
1: or well, you do the quiz then?
0: No no, it's a good question.
1: Thank you. Seventeenth <laughs> <laughs> of August 2018. Which Corrie Dad dies in hospital after suffering from a stroke?
0: What was the year? 2018. Um I don't know. Oh, Suffering from a stroke. Was this was this on screen or off screen?
1: Um, I can't remember if the stroke was on the screen, but the death. There were definitely hospital scenes.
0: I carried out only five years ago. Mm-hmm. Why do I not remember that in the slightest? This is going to. Oh, Hassan.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well done. You're so clever. 18th I of know. August 2008. Which returning character collapses when Tony Gordon confronts them in their own home?
0: A returning character collapses. Tony Oh, um, Jed Stone.
1: Jed Stone. Of course. That's the end of the quiz.
0: Oh, six out of seven. Pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed by that. Good questions. This is how this is how the tests at school should be. My my children in my class should say, "Good questions, Mister Dodson." You're so, and then I'll say, "You're teacher. so clever."
1: Well done. Everybody did a really good job today. We can all go home.
0: And then when they're looking sad, I say, "Do you want me to give you a spelling test or not? You do the spelling test next time." Then. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
1: be so funny. Oh, I'm sorry. My GCSE questions weren't good enough for you. Sorry, you revised the wrong subject. <laughs>
0: um. Right, do we have some birthdays coming we up? so right? apart from the podcast birthday, obviously,
1: imagine if that was part of an exam as well. whose birthday is it today? You get a star you can leave nineteenth <laughs> <laughs> to the twenty fifth of August these are the birthdays 20th of August Shirley Houston, who plays uh, Izzy Armstrong they said Amy Armstrong then no it's not even a person twenty third of August Ian Bartholomew
0: oh ba- evil happy Jeff ba- happy Bart today. <laughs> I'll okay. let you carry on. That
1: was terrible. Joanne He played Zoe Tattersall.
0: Love
1: her. 25th of August, Brian Mosley played Alf Roberts and Holly Shamaret who was Tracy Barlow The second
0: What a good look That is this the week. End. Fantastic. You ready That's to the talk, Corin? You ready, go ready to do
1: it? I'm going to go. Ready
0: to enter into our 12th year of talking about oh God, what happened this be, week in Coronation Street.
1: Well, you know I like even numbers. So let's do it, baby.
0: Okay, welcome to the Street Talk segment of the podcast. We've got six storylines to talk about with you today. I thought it was going to be seven, but then the Ronnie and Ed story kind of merged with the Rovers one. So we're putting them all together into six. Gemma, to get the storyline title for this first one, which is the Tyrone, Evelyn Cassie storyline. You you might take a while to get this one, but I I I tell you to put your mind back to heartwarming family movies of the 1940s. Oh yeah, I
1: love them. That's my favourite genre. The
0: storyline is... Cassie come home.
1: Uh, Think think. Cassie come home. Lassie. Yeah,
0: like Lassie come home. (laughs) There we go, there we go. I'm not not even trimming that pause because I (laughs) give the listeners time to think about (laughs) that one as well. I
1: reckon that um, I reckon that Evelyn would agree that Cassie is a bitch.
0: I think she would do that at the moment, wouldn't she? Uh, we'll do the tie pin pool storyline next, um, which is the Stephen stuff. Jenny's counting pennies is the Rover's story, um, and also that's where Mom's we're going to put. it not that funny? In. What? Jenny's what? counting pennies. It just It's of... rhymes. Okay. Yeah, it's just a rhyming one. Right. They, don't, they don't all have to they be funny. To some be some funny. might say none of them have to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was also earlier when I when I was trying to think of. Um, when, I, when it was a separate storyline, I was trying to think of some good ones for, for Ed and Ronnie. And Is the that best what be-
1: you do? Is that your method? What do you mean? We're trying to think of good ones. Shut
0: up. <laughs> the best I could come up with with Ed starting a new business was adventure.
1: An adventure? See, if Ed-Venture. I was called Ed, I would say <laughs> every day I was going on
0: an adventure. <laughs> on an
1: adventure. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Um, <laughs> what? One, I'm, not, I'm not happy with this one. Oh. This one's referring to Lauren staying over at oh. people's houses, oh, yeah. okay? Yeah. still
1: dossing in the salon. You,
0: you've heard of the um, excellent crime show, Law and Order. Well, How about Lauren Border? <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Border, yeah. And then we've got the Rijacks and the Stiff competition, which, I mean, it wasn't anything to do with old What's It from Rest Easy this week, but I'm sure that's going to come in next week. So I couldn't be bothered to think of a new one. I'm going to talk the Cassie Come Home story this week, Gemma, which Cassie I thought was my favourite one of the week. Um, because she's back, isn't she? Well both of them are Cassie, Evelyn Hooray Um, Monday's episode was more about The Little Big Shots stuff Um, And there's some kind of um, Drama Drummed out of Nothing particular Because Glenda wants to do The show On Wednesday But then it turns out That Kung Fu Jerry Has got his What is it? Tai Chi Award ceremony or something, there, double booked on the same day. There was some kind of weak reason why they decided they had to have.
1: a, A weak reason, but I don't particularly know why they did it. Do you think they just yeah. did it at the bistro because the set is better for doing performances?
0: Probably. There's probably more space that I, I I don't know. But anyway, Glenda's left at the end of that first scene on Monday. Imagine. With milk. the new Ruby and lots of oh, angelic yeah. children singing. Oh Glenda's singing, goodness. Oh no, where are we gonna have our show? So um she sees What
1: was the song they kept singing?
0: It was that um Yeah,
1: what was it what was it gola? Like? Was that the end Special. Yes, special. You're so special. So then, you tell you that yeah. you're special? Oh my God! After that episode, you're yeah, special. That's how it went, wasn't it? I've yeah. never heard this song before. I know. Yeah, everyone's crying and upset because I don't know Lizzo's songs. I know. I know, you know lots first, of
0: Lizzo songs. I knew
1: when she first came out. I liked her songs, but I don't care about you know. Everyone knows this. I don't care about individual people or bands. I don't. I just like songs.
0: So did you have that a bit stuck in your head? And then, a bit an air on worm, Wednesday,
1: after Wednesday's Monday. Big no, after oh, Wednesday's okay. big, amazing performance, which yeah. I obviously thoroughly love because children singing is my favourite thing. Um, <laughs> afterwards, all evening, all I heard in my head was You're special, you're just special, you're special. Like, children, but children singing it because I don't know what the original sounds like. So as far as I know, it is just a children's <laughs> That's song.
0: That's actually true. I've not heard the original at all. It I can could could, just, like just picture like a children's choir. Assembly, assembly song. I mean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everyone knows Lizzo is famous for... Composing children's yeah. assembly songs now. She's yeah. been kicked out of bin.
0: Anyway, a um, singer. They, they think maybe we should ask Councillor Maria if she can find them a place. This was place. just bizarre. It was. It was real kind of. Drama out of nothing. It felt like, honestly, and if you told we're me... We're just clawing our way to Wednesday when the big reveal's going to happen. If
1: you told me that they had a different idea for what the story was supposed to be on Monday and that, and they couldn't do it because there was a lawsuit, so that to quickly make up some an- another story about something completely meaningless, I would have believed you. Yeah. Because there was no reason to have an entire episode where we ended up with them doing a performance in the bistro. Who'd have thought? Literally anybody, you don't need Maria... Councillor extraordinaire. Wrecking my brains. Getting I need off. a
0: venue for something. Well, the
1: council normally can't has Can't do a- it at the
0: community centre. I hear they've got another storyline going on at Chariot Square. So, yeah. gotta be the Bistro. I think Gary's the genius that comes up with this idea. Newton and Ridley
1: end. can't give us their conference room, which <laughs> no. I think
0: is very fair. <laughs> so, that's where they're going to do it. Yes, at the sure. Bistro. Because, you know, I'm sure that any a restaurant would just close down their doors for it. Yeah. although they did say they were only doing it for an hour didn't they but I do wonder how I think much that was more profit just to they do lost I that <laughs> um. <laughs> so um, they, they've got this funny um, scene at the beginning of Wednesday's episode oh, like where this. hopes all gothed up isn't yeah, it? Like, what's she's,
1: the song you better hope and pray that you make it who sings drink. this? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. Stay yeah, that's with it. Yeah, me. that was good. I loved, I loved Hope being all
0: goth up. Yeah. I I, th- I think it was a good look for her. I'm wondering whether it's something that she's going to be revisiting sometime. But yeah, it's it, it was put on for Shakespeare's y- Sisters. Shakespeare Sisters, of course. Absolutely um, classic. Tyrone's filming them, but he's doing it portrait. St- no, yeah, he was he's filming it portrait on his phone, wasn't he? And Hope saying, "No, Dad, you got to do it landscape." No, and t- t- it's not. like, hang on a minute. Since when Children as a child don't... of 2023 ever filmed anything in the, the right way around? Which Children is
1: don't, don't know don't what landscape is. is.
0: The reason that they're filming <laughs> it is so that they can have a, a video version of the song to send up to Fizz, who's still managing, managing factories in Norfolk um, and she still can't come to the show today because of reasons. Um, cut to Evelyn and Cassie showing up at the precinct.
1: Oh no that I mean hooray, they're back.
0: Cassie's moving in, she's back, she's clean apparently. Well, she's, and um yeah. and and they've gone to live in a house in the precinct, which is quite handy and coincidental.
1: Can I give a shout out to everybody who is a, a not classic Cory a vintage can we say it that way? I don't know what can you're we say vintage Cory Watcher is like anything nineteen sixty up to nineteen eighty nineteen
0: seventy
1: nine. Yeah. Yeah. And then classic is eighty to
0: I don't know whether it quite works that way, but go on. Look,
1: I'm going to do what I want, like normal. Why why are we shouting them out? Because anyone who's a classic vintage, no, a vintage Corrie watcher, do you not think that the, this is really deep cut, the, the kitchen cabinets in Cassie's kitchen, Cassie slash Evening's kitchen, looked exactly like the ones that... Um, Elsie Tanner got when she had a kitchen remodel. Oh, yeah,
0: you said that when we were watching, so, so that I had no idea. So this style
1: is like it's like a seventies kind of look where it's got the the bottom of the cabinet is much thinner than the top, so the cabinet kind of juts out in this kind of jaunty sci-fi seventies kind of way, and then the doors slide across. But I, it was so distinctive. I was like, can't say they, they can't. Contestant. There's no way that's that's Elsie Tanner's original. Cupboard because they just wouldn't have it from that long ago. But in my head, that it is. is.
0: What did you think of uh, the new set?
1: I think it's very cool because it looks exactly like some kind of um, undecorated. Old council flat that's literally not been touched. Not that that would ever happen. Mm, yeah, I think they've done. I think they've
0: done, done, yeah. done a good job with it. Um, I, I liked how that they've got the the windows that lead out to the balcony as well. The window and the doors. Yes, that we, we got. See. I
1: was But it is also
0: confusing because the there seems there to be a doors. there's a there's a back entrance. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know I, how
1: common it is for flats to have two doors, but I've never been in a flat with two. Flat well, doors. I just
0: wonder like, why they would even go in it anyway, because from what we've seen of the precinct. There not a back entrance? You literally go um, into the precinct up the stairs, and then going in through the, the door that we see from the outside seems like the most obvious way. I don't know why you'd take a detour to going through the back there. Why would you well, go just through nitpicking. that way? I we're just know. nitpicking. I'm assuming it's something to do with they don't want to open that I'm door because say, they, it'd be difficult to show what outside might look like. I don't know. I'm
1: gonna say that there's there's it's either to do with the set, like you know, they know that they're supposed to be outdoor. But the thing is, though, there are loads of other sets that are kind of like that. You just have to film it from a different angle or there's going to be a plot reason where somebody sneaks into the back while somebody else is going in the front.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But you know, no, I, I, I liked it as a set and I'm sure I'd it's really one like that we're going to be seeing. Well, we're going to get used to because, you know, now the precinct has been established as a frequently visited location on Coronation Street. I think that people will be living there all the time. Well,
1: wow, do you think so you And think it's probably
0: going to be able to be used to replace any of the precinct sets in the same way that I'm sure they don't pre hmm, precinct sets.
1: Yeah. I don't know what you mean. No,
0: it if somebody moves into one of the other precinct flats right. they will probably use that set as, in a, this one. as a as yeah. a yeah as a um Just
1: take just change it a little bit. As a,
0: as a, yeah. In the same way that there's one hotel set. Oh, one one hotel bedroom yeah, set. But honestly, I'm sure they're not all happening to stay in the same hotel room at Jariot it's Square. getting me annoyed now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're there. They've let themselves in. They're starting to unpack. Cassie is desperate to go and meet the family. She's clean now. She wants to go and see Tyrone. She wants to go and see the girls. And Evelyn's like, oh, I think it's too soon. Um, she she wants um, Cassie to settle down in the place first. But she does give her ten minutes to go out and get some cigarettes or something i can't remember what it is um cassie is eyeing evelyn's purse because they've been talking about this showcase haven't they so i think this is this is the point where cassie gets it into her head that she's going to go and sneak out and see her grandchildren so it's later on next cassie's still not returned Evelyn tries leaving her a messages uh, a message on her phone looks inside her purse she realizes it's empty so she's been nicking money we later find out... We don't know exactly what she spent the money on, do we? Because she says that it was tickets for the showcase, but as Evelyn points out... She said it several times. Was, it was free. So she's gone and spent it on something. Is it the drugs? I, I don't know. Is it? Does it really matter? It's something nefarious? She's dodgy? I, I don't know. So, show starting at the bistro. Kids are in the back, You're all special. costumed up, getting last-minute pep talk from Glenda, who's all glammed up in her ringleader's outfit... Uh, music starts, Glenda comes out, announces the beginning of the show and then there's a bit of an action cam shot, isn't there? We see from Cassie's point of view, she's snuck into the back, she's got a baseball cap pulled down and she's having a bit of a lurk around the back. So um, we see the show, what more can we say? Isn't it lovely? Ruby's a bit nervous. Hope kinda helps her out, doesn't she? Which was sweet. Ruby's hope... doesn't want to start singing and Hope sings along with her and then steps And then she back. gets
1: jealous when everybody claps, which yeah. I thought was lovely. I, I really like this power struggle between Ruby and Hope and I hope now we've got uh recast Ruby maybe they're going to give that a bit more space to develop because
0: yeah it's not anything that that has um that we've seen before fighting. when Macy was playing Ruby they're, that Hope was never jealous of Ruby then was she No but... they
1: were yeah well she's tried to set fire to everything a few times because she was jealous of Hope wasn't she uh, Ruby I I don't I don't really I, know I don't that know myself. that Ruby was overly aware of this rivalry mm. perhaps no, she will Come to realise that her sister is a uh, is jealous of maybe, her at some point. Maybe.
0: So Tyrone's watching. He's got tears in his eyes. He's dead proud. So's Cassie at the back. Song finishes. Rapturous applause. And then Cassie comes over to Tyrone as the crowds are dispersing. And he recognises her because she'd go. She'd been at number nine few months ago hadn't she yeah and and Evelyn had said that it's it's or, or she or she said or Evelyn had said I can't remember that she's her friend Kath and she's like oh yeah yeah it's me can have a, have a private word um she she says I've been with Evelyn she's okay she's been helping me through some stuff but I've been you know I've been having a bit of a hard time recently so your has been helping me out with that Tyrone's a bit confused about why Evelyn herself didn't tell him this information. Um, but before Cassie can open up, because she's like desperate to reveal who she really is, Glenda comes over and asks them to help them out with the chairs. So I tell you what, Glenda's really relieved around.
1: her, because this this was her job on the line.
0: God, well, yeah, I know they had to get out of this bistro before the hour was up.
1: No, I mean now she's put on a performance there. All the all the parents are going, oh, brilliant. This is where my fifteen quid goes every bloody week.
0: <laughs> Do you think that this was this? Was the whole reason for the little big shots? Is that is that story over now? Will we see any no, more little big be. shots? No, it can be. It seems like it was. Isn't it doesn't even. I wouldn't even say it was a big build up because it wasn't really, but it was a build up to just this, and and Cassie could have come back at, at anything. It didn't have to be. This I know but kind you of didn't,
1: thing. but you didn't need to make an elaborate pyramid looking scheme where Glenda needs to get money to start her own franchise of little she could have just gone oh it's the school performance of lizzo's greatest hits uh, It always gets done at the bistro during why the you, summer holidays why are you asking questions
0: <laughs> yeah i i feel like there is more i don't i don't need to see this is a thing Lots of stories and scenes of children singing no, and not. acting, and and let's have an excuse to get all the Corrie kids together. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not,
1: adorable, it's adorable, but adorable once. But I don't for anyone but who aren't parents of yeah. children that are in the thing.
0: Yeah. So, but <laughs> but I am I am still a little bit suspicious. I don't... about this this whole business oh, and yeah. it, is it going to leave Glenda destitute? Um...
1: My I would be perfectly happy to have this be a story about children and what their hopes and motivations and dreams are because when we were ki- when we were kids there was no less fascination with the idea of being famous, was there? As children are now. You wanna be famous, you wanna be rich. But these I days, would say there
0: was less, but that did it it did exist. But I well, think now it's you you know, I wanna be an actor, extreme. I wanna be
1: a singer, I wanna there were lots of different, you know, very normal performance and artistic jobs but but now you you can be famous just recording yourself in your bedroom Mm. and children know this and they are very very excited about the idea of being youtube or tiktok stars or anything um i if this was a story about kids chasing that dream or talking about what they want to do when they grow up and and this this idea that i think to a lot of adults is is a bit strange you know we we never had this kind of ambition when we were little no um, we, never, we never had that opportunity to, to, you know, be able to connect to millions of people and, and earn money from it. So uh, if it was about children wanting to be famous and it, the actual heartbreak and involved, because very, very few, I don't imagine that anybody on the street would end up being... But then again, imagine you could do a really cool story if if Ruby or Hope, you know... What what are the pitfalls? What are the dangers? What's it like to be a parent of a child who is going online? Do you stop them when you realise they're making actual money out of it? What do you do? Is I, it is it dangerous? Is I it, guess it, it would feel insane? quite
0: quite real in that so many children today do think that they can just
1: become famous, be, become
0: Insta- um, yeah, Instagram famous or YouTube famous. I don't think they're or, on Instagram. Not, not Instagram, TikTok. Um, TikTok. And, yeah, I, I don't even know.
1: It's TikTok and YouTube. But they...
0: People wanting to be influencers. Yeah and think that's natural because that's what they see all the and time. And you've got
1: Daisy in the show who seems to have now given up on that idea because it was a you know she she was literally <laughs> nearly killed and so so was Ryan. Mm. Um would she say don't do it kids or would they look up to her or would they go oh yeah well she was just silly i wouldn't do you know i i think if they're actually going to do something interesting with little big shots and the thing about it is, every single person who works on Coronation Street or with Coronation Street has seen hundreds of people who are their friends and colleagues wanting that same thing for themselves and a lot of them not making it. Yeah. So they can tell this story.
0: Mm-hmm. Could, could Do be not interesting. Think, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it, but, I don't But, you know. know,
1: watch them just forget this it ever existed and by December
0: um, so anyway Evelyn comes into the bistro here she's she's figured out somehow that this is where um, Cassie is and she sees her tries to drag her yeah. out before she can say anything oh yeah hang but, on
1: we're still at Little Big Shot's show after show aren't we yes, yes, yes. with Cassie talking to so
0: Tyrone ca- Cassie ends up blurting out I'm your mum I'm your mum and Tyrone obviously doesn't know how to take this news he thought his mum was dead so he storms off realising that Evelyn's been lying to him all this time Evelyn is absolutely furious with Cassie um, and and then Roy comes in as well because he wants a bit in this story and Cassie says I'm Cassie back from the grave so Roy chases Tyrone back to number 9 Tyrone's absolutely livid about being lied to all this time that Cassie's it, it's not just he's mad at Evelyn for not saying well, for, for covering this up but it's also the fact that Cassie in his eyes has wanted nothing to do with him for 40 years and Roy says well you know I, I didn't have a great relationship with my mum for the vast majority of my life.
1: She was but, a right cow.
0: But then, yeah, so, so, but then Sylvia did come into the show for a little bit she, and, and we did grow closer and was like? maybe there's a chance there.
1: Look, we've all, everyone on the show has had an estranged mum storyline where somebody famous gets cast as their mum, comes back into the show for about two or three years and then goes away. Just got to get ride for it. Think about it, the fact you not completely your uncommon you're right. Your character's going to get loads more storylines, going to be loads of dramatic scenes, you might get nominated <laughs> for a few awards, you might get something out of the conversation straight awards, if you're not if you're unlucky it will be bobbins. <laughs> but it's you it's know it's a risk. It's getting your face out there, isn't yeah. it? It's it's getting yourself hyped up to be in the jungle, isn't it, Alan?
0: <laughs> not confirmed yet, Not jammer. confirmed. Or is it? No, it's not. uh, Is it? He's a good lad, though, isn't he? He's a good lad. (laughs) He's 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 solid. He's a a nice bloke. He'd do the challenge. He's good people. Evelyn and Cassie get to number nine later. Evelyn says, "Look, I'm sorry that you had to find out like this, Tyrone. I swear, I've only known about this since September that Cassie was alive and back. I didn't know what to do for the best. I've
1: lost control of of this story. I don't understand. I don't know what he's lying about what anymore." Did she only? She didn't know since September. Does she? I think
0: that she did. I see when when Cassie <sighs> she came went into away it before Christmas. It. it I, I maybe I misheard or misunderstood or or just um, made, made it up, up myself. It was my head <laughs> canon. Before, yeah, I, I I went I watched that storyline under the impression that Evelyn had known all along right. that Cassie was alive, and I was like, oh, I wish. That's a bit retconny to me. I wish that Evelyn hadn't known all along. Um, but did she but, but think I she did... was dead? Well, they, they say, she, she says as part of this week's episode, I'd assumed that she was because I hadn't heard from her. And I think it was maybe convenient for Evelyn to believe that her daughter was dead. She, she said way back this... five years ago when she came into it, oh yeah, I didn't go and see the grave. What's the point of spending hundreds of pounds on a plane ticket just to go and stand by her? Um, a, stick. A, 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 a stick and pretend you're feeling sad for five minutes and then come all the way back so, again.
1: So we're supposed to believe on the one hand that Evelyn is such a compassionate, well I don't say compassionate but such a sort of, she She feels like it's a moral obligation to try to help her daughter but she doesn't particularly like her very much But she feels a very strong bond and and it's her her responsibility to try to to get her kid clean, off drugs. Um, But we're also supposed to believe that she just assumed she was dead and didn't follow up at any point.
0: I think that everything that had happened 40 years ago took it out of Evelyn so much. I
1: think one thing that is worth pointing out... About the storyline with Cassie and Evelyn is that it is incredibly difficult to be family member of a, of a of an addict um, or somebody who has got difficulties like Cassie does, and he, with the best will in the world, no matter how much you love them, at a certain point you do have to accept that there is nothing you can do to prevent them from hurting themselves, yeah. and it's easier, really, for everybody to just let it go. I mean, it's but not. It was also, it's not a nice was, thing to say. But... It was
0: only years after Evelyn's husband had died, mm. so she was probably still grieving there, and and she she did her best, and she thought, well, I I can't try any harder. She's out of my I'm life now. I'm not sure that you I can. I can't I can't do this constantly. It's best for me to believe that she's dead, mm. and maybe I don't she know how... and she she convinced herself that she that she was dead.
1: Maybe to sort of make herself feel better because she's not suffering anymore. She's dead. Which is A- horrible. And I
0: don't have to feel guilty about yeah. not trying to help her.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I completely understand that. Because you can't do anything. Mm. You can't do anything at all.
0: Well, Tyrone wouldn't accept it. He, <laughs> he He's not best pleased with, it, with his Nana still after this.
1: But hang on, I just want to say, I, there obviously are people that have managed to help their loved one. And that's brilliant. But it, anyone who has tried and failed is not, you know, no. they would know it's, there's nothing. Sometimes there's no just shame nothing. in that. Sometimes there is nothing. From
0: from what do. we can believe, and it, you're right, it is still a little bit murky about who is telling the whole truth because Evelyn like and Cassie's stories don't quite. And we're not going to find out. I mean, I know Corey likes its flashbacks at the moment, but I don't think we're going to be flashing back to 1982 to find no. out exactly. What See, happens there?
1: I think Evelyn has got a lot of integrity and a moral backbone, but I also don't think she's above fibbing.
0: No, absolutely. I, and I, I agree. I also
1: think that lots of people tell themselves lies, they don't even realize they're lies.
0: Mm. Well, Evelyn's lying to herself about yeah. her feelings about Roy, for, for one thing.
1: What a harlot.
0: She... she... She, she doesn't like to she doesn't to... like to wear her heart on her sleeve does she when it comes to certain Which, personal do you matters think,
1: do you think that a lot of why Evelyn is as prickly as she is is because of how much Cassie has um her her broken her heart
0: maybe but from what Cassie was telling Tyrone her. in today's episode, it felt like she was always a bit of a the you know, thing a, is, a bit of a cow in cassie's eyes at least she was she was never warm or close.
1: As much as I hate the idea of wishy-washy, you know, reality is perception kind of thing, Evelyn and Cassie both are both telling the truth from their perspective exactly. about their relationship. They both butted heads and they think they each tried their best to make a go of things. Um, and the other person was at fault. And they're kind of both right, in a way.
0: I'm still finding Evelyn's side of the story... Sorry, we'll go back to the synopsis. Yeah, I there, know. <laughs> a little bit more believable. And I don't know whether it's because I want to believe Evelyn more because I've got five years of Evelyn love. Saying right. Evelyn's True. side. Big Evelyn's side. And I don't think they're going to throw Evelyn under the bus about with this story. This is what I think. But also, Cassie has shown a couple of... Uh, chinks, looks. yeah, dodgy looks, and 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 things that suggest that she shouldn't be completely believed. For example, I think it was in this scene that Evelyn says, "Look, you're saying that you wanted to be part of Tyrone's life all this time. What, why, why you've been back in the UK for ages? Why didn't you try and find Tyrone straight away?" And Cassie didn't want to answer that.
1: And there's also the drugs.
0: Yeah, the drugs at the end of today's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so so. Cassie's just saying, yeah, I did. I, I'm really sorry. I was, I'm was. i desperate to be part of your family now. Um, Evelyn says how Cassie would never have been able to look after him if she'd have kept him all those years ago. And Tyrone's like, well, we'll never know now, will we? So Cassie's trying to make Evelyn look like a terrible nana. Um, but this is where she avoids the question about when she got back to the UK and why didn't yeah. she immediately start looking up Tyrone Dobbs's. Which is a very good point. That <laughs> That's something that's covered in today's episode, wasn't it? I think she just... She almost kind of waves it off and says, oh, I tried, I, I couldn't, I didn't know where to start. There oh. are lots of
1: things that you you do or make a decision about that if somebody were to ask you to defend yourself... You would have no excuse. You wouldn't have a reason that made any particular sense that would make you look like a good person.
0: I mean, I would also say if I was looking for somebody called Tyrone Dobbs and I googled it or vogled it in the world of Weatherfield, I'd probably find something related to a court case 10 years ago that happened in Weatherfield when he was accused of pushing his wife down the stairs, etc., oh, etc., or Robin? his girlfriend. His name's going to be in the papers somewhere. So I, I think. In, in universe tyrone probably could be found yeah he, he, he owns a business for for sake for one thing oh. and I don't think that tyrone is that common for first name either so I no, I don't I I'm not really buying her it. story there
1: okay well no. unreliable drug addict
0: yes shocker so tyrone goes to the cafe to pick up the girls and then says who's, who's that lady at the at the Bistro earlier and Tyrone Right. He, doesn't, he doesn't try to keep it a secret, which is nice. He says, look, it's going to come in a bit of a shot, girls, but it's me mum. They're actually quite full of questions, as I think you would be. They're surprised at first, but they want to know all about her because they've just acquired a new grandma, you know, in their eyes. And Ruby says, oh, you could have brothers and sisters and everything. And that's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't even considered this. But... You know Tyrone's family has just extended and extended and extended over the years, and and this is the obviously the massive retcon um, in in his family history. But do you think that they might do that? Would it have been brought up? Would Cassie have mentioned by this point? By the way, you've got a brother, or could it just be a case of? She didn't say he didn't have a brother, well, and then yeah, two, years, two years, two years in the future, in comes Dominic, Dominic Monaghan, who is my personal pick of playing Tyrone's brother. Saying, "Hey,
1: Charlie from Lost."
0: Charlie from Lost.
1: Um, I well,
0: they they had they, and also from World of the, sh- the Rings and also Hetty Wainthropp. Oh yes, I love bloody
1: loved I've, him in that. Well,
0: I think that those two had scenes in Hetty Wainthrop uh, together. Yeah. I think they were both in it.
1: Anyway, so anyway that, I, that's my pick. This is this I, is I, I just want
0: Domin- I just I just want him to have some kind of part on Corey, and why not that?
1: Corey's just got a bunch of these trump cards somewhere,
0: mm. haven't
1: they? Yeah. What about Tyrone's brother? <gasps>
0: <gasps> um. Anyway, um. Tyrone is, is um comes back to the house and says, "Look, Cassie, I, 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 I does he say it's not time for you to meet the girls yet? I think? Yeah, go away." Um, and he says, "Look, I, th- I think." You just... You, you better go. I, I'm not ready to I deal to with this at I think about this. So I've suddenly got a mum. Yes. Um, she, she says, yeah, okay, I understand. I'm going to go and give you some space. And Evelyn's left with Tyrone. And he tells her, and you can sling you up too, Nana. So she does. Slopes out at the end of the episode.
1: I kind of don't want Tyrone to get hurt here. But it seems it's inevitable. A bit too late. Um, no, what I'm trying to say is... I, I, I want vindication for Evelyn. Because I want... Cassie to let him down, da- let Tyrone down, to- so that he can really understand what it was that Evelyn had Evelyn. gone through yeah. and why she was so keen to protect him and his family. Evelyn
0: wouldn't have abandoned him on that police station steps without a very good reason. And you're right; I think he needs to be and she wouldn't he needs have to abandoned see that he's Cassie. always had his best interests at heart.
1: She wouldn't have abandoned Cassie if it literally there was no. Nothing she could do except watch her daughter die, you know.
0: Yeah, well, she didn't even abandon Cassie. Well, Cassie's the one it's that went off to South America with a druggy South boyfriend. Africa. South Africa, sorry, with a druggy know, boyfriend. It's a similar shape. <laughs> and like we said earlier, I think by that time, Evelyn had been working for I can't remember what the time scale was supposed to be 18 months or so. Getting, trying to get her clean and she was just <sighs> exhausted. I mean, the thing is, when I picture Evelyn trying to get Cassie clean back in the 80s, I still picture like 70-year-old Evelyn doing it.
1: Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs>
0: and not somebody who was, you know, you in her early 30s and me. not, you know. You
1: need to picture ology yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Ology Lippman doing this.
1: Can you imagine her <laughs> helping helping her, her drug addict? Oh, he's got an ology. My my daughter's a drug addict. <laughs> Don't talk to me about it.
0: Um. Anyway, anyway. So Friday's episode. Dobbs are going off to see Fizz today. Um, Tyrone's rushing around the kitchen, trying to put a stop to any questions the girls have got about Grandma Cass. Um, I really hope that it's not too long before Fizz comes back into the program. I've I've got no idea. We still haven't had um, any news about Jenny McAlpine's baby, which she has surely had by this point. Um, I, I I hope it's going to be in the next couple of months at least that she'll return because Norfolk Norfolk doesn't need Fizz. Weatherfield needs her, and I I, I just want to see her part, her, how what she's going to add to all of this. I, uh, family I think, chaos.
1: I know I know. this was um, obviously, like, Fizz not being in it was not like, let's make Jenny McGill pregnant so she won't be in the show. It wasn't planned that way. But I kind of am glad that Fizz isn't in it because I think it pairs the story down a bit. I don't need everybody reacting to everything. I don't need Tyrone chatting to Fizz about it. I think it's very nice... And streamlined at the moment. It
0: is streamlined. I mean, they've added the, the, the extra wrinkle of Kevin and Abby in today's episode. But I can just whenever it. whenever Fizz is... A, whenever anyone's away on maternity, I, I just can't help thinking they're just there because the actress is on maternity. Let's get back to the status quo. And Yeah,
1: well, I, I'm okay with it because, you know, I like Fizz. I think she's a great character. Tyrone and Fizz have great scenes. You know, that um, epic scene they did.
0: Yeah, the beginning of the um, Alina story. Yeah,
1: was was fantastic. They have so much blah blah blah. blah. You know what I'm saying. But I cannot see a, a role for Fizz in this apart from, you know, standing there with a tea towel in a hand going, Oh
0: Do no but oh don't dear. The, the the question would be if Fizz was here would she be supportive of Tyrone inviting Cassie to stay yeah, but and I think probably for drama's say... sake she would say no I'm not having this drug addict yeah,
1: exactly. mum it's of just, yours
0: coming to to, look to live in the same house as my hope
1: changes the conversation which I don't really want it to you know mm. I want it to focus a bit which is doing
0: yeah it is okay Um, so over at the flat over at the precinct flat Evelyn and Cass are still at each other's throats about the whole situation Evelyn completely at a wits end at this point and she, she says, right, I'm going out and I'm going to try and mop up your this, mess, lady.
1: These two characters are such a fantastic study of two people who are so caught up in their history and their relationship with each other that they cannot see the wood for the trees, can they? No. They're just obsessed with each other and all the things they've done wrong to each other.
0: But it, it's whenever they talk about it, it seems completely believable to me that it happened. Yeah, Even I know, that's what I'm saying. In part of the back of my head, I'm saying, oh, this is a, this is a little and thing. But mostly I'm invested in saying I can completely believe. This
1: is totally plausible. And it's
0: (laughs) partly down, I'm going to say, to the quality of the performances from both Maureen and Claire. They're doing such a great job of making a... Believable mother and daughter relationship. And I'm to... She's just been, you know, how many episodes in total has she been in in at the moment? Cassie, like three episodes, yeah, and already I completely and utterly believe that she is her daughter, and I can I can feel the history that the, the two yeah. of them have had together, and the lack of history over the last forty years.
1: I also think it's great too because we've had this background as as viewers of um, everything that Abby went through, and seeing how she was when she was an addict and how she struggled and sympathise with her and I think that's a bit built in with Cassie because she's got a similar appearance and she's also very charismatic as an actress mm. and and so these scenes, where it feels like we were primed as viewers. Yeah,
0: it's like we've got a reference. Yeah. We've seen Abby going through yeah. this. We've seen all the terrible things that Abby has done yeah. as a mum but... We also know that she has been able to get through it and she's got a good heart under there. Does Cassie have the good heart? Or are we supposed to be saying, oh yeah, Abby's nice underneath. I'm sure Cassie is too. And actually they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us and she will actually just be a unsalvageable druggie.
1: Yeah, I think this is a really... I don't know at this point where it's it's going to go. It's a combination of great scenario great performances and mm. good writing. I
0: mean, I'm all in favour of keeping in the creme de la creme of acting talent on Coronation Street as long as possible. Claire Sweeney. Oh yeah, me too.
1: I, I've always clearly, said clearly, actress, clearly obviously,
0: a very well-loved, um, renowned um, and, and, and appreciated well-respected. actress. Well-respected actress. So yeah, keep her in, keep her in. Um, but in order for her to be captain, she's going to have to go through some kind of softening and redemption arc And then partly in my head I'm thinking, oh, is that another one of these? You know, we're already getting it with Lauren in the other story. Oh,
1: don't get me
0: started. <laughs> but it's interesting to compare the two, isn't it? And how invested we are in one of them versus the other at the moment.
1: Yeah, but Cassie didn't take drugs because she thinks white people are better than everyone else.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I assume not.
0: Um, so anyway, Kevin gets a Tyrone... A, a Tyrone call? A Tyrone call. <laughs> a phone call from Tyrone saying, girls are upset, I'm going to come into work late today. Doesn't say why. Uh, but then Nina kind of comes over and accidentally reveals more than she should about the situation because she knows that Cassie's back, she's like, "Oh, you need to talk to Tyrone about what's going on here."
1: Kevin, Kevin, Abby, and having rants and bants, aren't they? At the... They
0: are having they're ranting and banting away. Yeah, happy to see Abby back again. A yeah. rare sighting of Abby.
1: Well, she was in it the week before, wasn't she? Because she, cause Evelyn, she? or whenever, she, whenever it was, and Evelyn's like, "How do you, how do you get off the smack?"
0: Oh yeah, she wasn't. That that when was that? I don't remember. I well, that Not that was really. a few, every, I I I don't get what's happening. She with bobbed Abby in for a few year. hours work. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why There's why no, Abby has gone from I'm in it all the time. I don't get a break to I've it, been over a year. I don't Corrie can
1: do Cory doesn't feel able to do one or the other. You know, I can't do a. It doesn't seem to be able to do a balance.
0: It's, you're it's, either in
1: it all the time, or you, no one remembers you are in it.
0: I, I just don't know. But at least with this story, I'm hoping, my fingers are really, really tightly crossed here, that this is the beginning of Abby getting back on track and, you know, back on the treadmill of becoming a regular sight. Because, when speaking about the best actresses on Coronation Street, this is the one that, this is the character that we should be having there all the time. And I'm sure that she's going to add... Um, many layers to this story, if they can give her a chance. I, I'm going I to talk do. more about this with Abby later, I guess. Um, so anyway, Tyrone's peed off at work later. Kevin and Abby are trying to get him to engage in conversation about what is the Queen of Crisps.
1: Prawn cocktail or...
0: It was salt and vinegar or prawn cocktail, vinegar. wasn't it? And I was like, that's an odd choice. Well, of course it is. Who's got prawn cocktail as, that, as the second?
1: I'm going to say, if you think prawn cocktail are the best crisps, you at least have the decency and self-awareness to understand that this yeah. is not a common opinion. But it's totally in. Kev's character to be like, well, obviously...
0: Yeah, but do you really believe that... Kevin's probably too embarrassed to eat prawn cocktail crisps because they're in a pink packet.
1: Do you reckon?
0: Yes, I totally do. It was funny, in a way, and I liked Abby's delivery of prawn cocktail. It doesn't taste like prawn cocktail. I don't really... but Maybe it's just because, you know, Kevin's a a lad of the 80s, and back in the 80s, prawn cocktail was the uh, exotic thing, and he just kept on to that. Well, I'm running a poll,
1: and at the moment... Salt and Vinegar is winning over Porn Cocktail, but I also put in Ready, Salted and Posh, just just for um, Ardy. <laughs> is that
0: Ardy's that's voted yeah, for that one? Yeah. I think if you're going to step back and not take your own personal preference into this, and you were going to pick out the best crisp flavours to pit against each other, right? you'd say... Well,
1: the classic, the three big classics.
0: Yeah, Ready, Salted, Cheese and Onion and Plain.
1: No, they, they're, uh, they're the same.
0: What? Ready Shall salted. oh salt and vinegar sorry salt and vinegar ready salted cheese and no. onion yeah <laughs> yeah i hate cheese and onion crisps but i wouldn't if i was making a crisp poll i'm You'd not have gonna to add it. i'm not gonna say oh is it is, is there it, a fourth? is it ready salted or smoky bacon is, is there no, a fourth flavor bacon,
1: is, there? is there a fourth flavor because those are the three i know everyone's fascinated not by really. this
0: <laughs> is there a, Just third... a little insight is there a fourth... into a british crisp culture here yeah I thought that they, when she started talking about crisps, I thought she was going to go down the debate of salt and vinegar crisps, Tyrone, green packet or blue packet? Yeah,
1: what do you think? Salt and vinegar's blue, isn't it?
0: No, 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 I say green.
1: No, you're wrong, though. Because, <laughs> no, because, because cheese and onion oh. is green. Because onions, like spring onions are green. I
0: know, I totally get it. But Walkers, well, being the, the main crisp it. brand in the UK, They're having just... had green as the salt and vinegar flavour no, colour I'm, for all it's, this time. That's an ignorance. No. anyway. <laughs> Would anyway. you like to
1: know? What Britain's top five f- favourite. I know, sorry. Yes,
0: I would love to know. Right. I'm actually quite interested. I don't know whether our listeners want to know, but I'd be quite. Corn
1: Cocktail 16th place, apparently.
0: Well, Kevin. Right. Put Britain's, that in your tash.
1: This is just an overall. It. <laughs> put it in your tash and smoke
0: it. I started off with, I started off with the uh... one there and I didn't know where it was going.
1: Right, so this is from Insights Agency Perspective Global from a survey based on 2,000 Britons. Go? go from
0: five to one, please.
1: Five to one. It's this pid. Oh my There's god. It's a picture of a lady. A can right, I just... listen? Can you listen? Yes. You're you're holding everyone up here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Walker's, ready salted, at number five.
0: Yeah.
1: Pringles, original, at number four.
0: Walker's. Is well, just the same as ready salted? Listen? Will you
1: listen? It's not the same. Everyone knows that Pringles and crisps are different. <sighs> okay,
0: carry on,
1: carry on. Walker's, salt and vinegar, at number three. Number two, now this is going to be controversial, beef flavoured monster munch. What a... Oh, okay, stupid. listen, what do you think number one is?
0: Cheese and onion, probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Rubbish. That's a rubbish. Cheese yeah. and onion, that's a dad flavoured crisp right there.
1: It's a dad flavoured crisp. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm going to say. Cheese and onion is what dad's like. Just like pistachio ice cream. I band them all together. <sighs>
1: do you know what I really like, and I haven't had for about 20 years... Nice and spicy knickknacks. Oh, they
0: are nice.
1: And good, they, so sick? anyway,
0: sick? back to Coronation Street. <laughs> Cut for Canada if we had that on the podcast. Actually, That's Canadians so are probably the ones that'd be interested in hearing like, about our crisp flavors. How it's, our, it's our this idea of British viewers as like shut up, <laughs> right? Um, I was, she, he didn't want he didn't want anything to know Tyrone about this crisp discussion. He's like like most he's of like my everybody listening, going, shut up. Um, so he You're says not as
1: interesting as you think you Evelyn are. Evelyn
0: comes over saying a I just want to say sorry for everything that's happened. He's like, no, I don't want to hear from you, Nan. She says, I just didn't want Cassie tainting your life. She She's ruined my life. She killed your granddad. And I stand by my decision to keep quiet about her being alive. She tries to give him a piece of paper with Cassie's address on, but he doesn't want to know. But he clearly takes it anyway because he finds the address. He he, he manages to find the precinct easy enough later on that episode. Well, I mean,
1: it's just there. It's yeah. around the corner. It's been there the whole time.
0: Evelyn's speaking to Roy later in the episode because he's seen that, that Hope and Ruby, who have been very, very slowly drinking milkshakes throughout the episode, are a bit down in the dumps about the whole situation. It's
1: the summer holidays when you've got to make your um, pocket money last. <laughs>
0: um, and he says, look, what what you've done is, is really bumming the girls out. Can you see and, and he kind of has the chat with her about, yeah, you apologise to Tyrone, but you know what you like, Evelyn? Can you see that maybe it wouldn't have seemed genuine? She realises he's still holding a bit of a grudge about when she opened his letter a couple of months ago. And he, he kind of says, no, we're not talking about that at the moment. You need to reconsider the way you treat other people that you claim to care about. And I thought that was a great line.
1: Mm. And and
0: absolutely true for Evelyn as well, I'm going to say. Roy Astute as always...
1: She, she yeah, he is, yeah
0: so but she but the thing is she does care evelyn is very very caring isn't she, she, she she's got too much she's got so much love in her heart for I her family know. but i, I think, but she doesn't like to show it I she doesn't like she love. i think that she thinks it's absolutely there's tough a certain love.
1: kind of like hard-heartedness that you have to have sometimes like not hard-heartedness but yeah tough it's not tough love but that's the nearest thing I can think of like doing hard things for people that you love that you don't like but it's for someone else's benefit
0: yeah I th- I mean I think that she would crawl over broken glass for, for Tyrone and the girls and probably even Fizz at the moment but she wouldn't like them to know that she, she would do it, that yeah. and absolutely tough love she does she will tell people she will she won't pussyfoot around things and if somebody in her family or a friend or whoever needs to be told a few home truths she will absolutely do it if she thinks it's the right thing and and that's what's got her into this mess here at the moment i love evelyn i think she's great so um where did i get to so in the pub later tyrone's with abby and kevin telling her telling them all about cassie being back um how evelyn's been um oh and then abby says oh yeah Evelyn asked me about, you know a while ago about how she's managed to stay clean i wondered what this was about and tyrone says look i'm still not sure about cassie she'd never tried to contact me all this time 40 years she could have tried to get in touch with me not heard a dicky bird but abby says you're right you need to be careful i know what addicts are like having been one myself if you're thinking of bringing a recovering addict to the girl's house you need to really know what you're doing be careful. And what's the message that Tyrone takes from that? I'm going to go and invite my mum back to live live at home, but I'm going to ship the girls off to Fizz. So Evelyn gets back home, Cassie's been trying to make amends by cleaning up, but Evelyn sees right through it, and then Tyrone shows up. He wants to have a word with Cassie and not Evelyn, and that was quite gutting for Evelyn that she gets sent on her way. Kathy, Cassie, on the other hand though, looks well pleased with herself. She says, oh, Tyrone, thank you for hearing me out. Oh, I'm really sorry for not being honest with you the other month. And she, because she starts, and I don't like, do, is this story true? When she's talking about her ex-boyfriend in South America. Oh my gosh, South Africa is really controlling.
1: It's because one of the classrooms in your school is called South America. It
0: is, it is.
1: And so South America It rolls, rolls off, rolls off the tongue more easily. Yeah. That's
0: my class, the South America class at the moment.
1: I was trying to be, um...
0: Oh,
1: of identifying
0: I was trying, to of, give, it was trying to not give identifying oh, marks well. um, yeah and, and and I'm like oh, is that true I don't know whether it is I don't know whether I believe that but because Claire Sweeney is putting such a great performance on this that to me was then conveyed through Cassie's was it a performance in Tyrone? I don't know whether to believe this or not. But she says, he, oh, he wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let me try and contact anyone. I, I couldn't do anything. Um, and Tyrone says, was he my dad? And she's like, nope, I don't know who my dad was. Who, again, your, dad who was. your dad was. And again,
1: a little bit it? shifty. I think uh, we might find out that she does know but at the moment, it's one of these things like I said before about Coronation Street being very reticent to give too many background details to a character yeah. when they don't need to, because they're going to keep that in their back pocket then, that maybe Tyrone's dad at some point will turn up.
0: We saw, I showed you the best one that I found on, there was somebody posted on Twitter earlier on this evening, a picture of uh, Terry Duckworth. Yeah. saying, <laughs> So, hey Tyrone, I'm your dad. Can you imagine? Like The time could... That, that could actually work. I know. Terry is, is old enough <laughs> to be Tyrone's dad. But just think, if they did that, right. and the way that the, the, the and I think that that would be fantastic. I'm not expecting Nigel Pavaro to be um, coming back to Coronation Street anytime soon. But those two have had this mega antagonistic on and off relationship for years now, haven't they? Um... And and we've seen how Terry has treated his other son, Tommy, and how he sold him to the Hortons. And I I wouldn't say that that Terry knew... None of this is going to happen, I don't think, in in the slightest. But the the dynamics there, Tyrone hates um, Terry, Terry hates Tyrone, but what it would mean is that Tyrone is a Duckworth. And that would just, to me, be such lovely closure for this because Jack and Beer always said, "Oh, Tyrone's more of a son to us than that Terry ever was." I think it but would just be it nice. Be
1: bittersweet to know that they went to their graves not knowing that they had done something right because they always, yeah. you know, you know that, that. Oh, but
0: think of the scene! Think of the scene where Tyrone goes to Jack and Beer's grave and oh, says, no. "Oh, you're my
1: grand and granddad. I knew it all along." Oh my god, my heart's oh, broken.
0: Oh. Oh, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to invest in that theory because it was just we somebody putting a silly to... tweet out. <laughs> not be seriously suggesting kill it. Kill
1: on the nose. You can't. You oh, can't. sorry. The
0: amount of times that people have on Coronation Street turned out to actually be related to someone. It is ridiculous now. Um, why not just add another one to the mix? I don't know. Anyway, um Cat Yeah. so she she's she's possibly spinning this tale about the reason why she wasn't able to contact him this is when she says oh i came back and i moved to bristol was it bristol that she stayed in i think she did i think she did home of um nicola and zach at the moment so lovely maybe um and and tyrone's like i I, I just i don't know i I don't buy this i I." He, he he wants proper answers so this is when she then opens up or lies more about her bad upbringing saying oh <laughs> I thought
1: you were say bad acting that's not true mm? i thought you were going to say bad acting no
0: bad upbringing yeah. she's like oh i so, was oh, such an anxious sensitive lonely child right the bed until i was 10 years old um, and then we move from. Liv- uh, I'm not going to do the voice. No, you
1: don't do any more, please. Move
0: from. Li- oh, the voices are your domain at the moment, aren't they? Stephen Reed and who else were you doing?
1: I do everybody. I can do anyone.
0: <laughs> uh, move from Liverpool to Manchester. Got bullied at school, but Evelyn. Didn't want anything to do with it. She said. She told me once. What did she say? Just ignore it or something. And then, Shut up for yourself. so I just, so I didn't tell she said her. Stand again. Up for yourself. Oh yeah, exactly up for the yourself. sort of thing I
1: can imagine Evelyn saying. I totally
0: can as well. Um,
1: well, maybe you should have done. How do you think of that, Cassie? Maybe you should have told him to just do
0: one. But it's funny because even though I say <laughs> Evelyn is very, very caring of her family members. I think I don't think that's uncaring advice if Evelyn did say that. I think it's her telling her again at home to no you do need to stand up for yourself it because because that's what it wouldn't that's because all he, I'm gonna say. I think Evelyn would put herself in the shoes of someone yeah. being bullied. Actually, well, I would stand up for yeah. myself if I was in this position, so should you
1: yeah, it obviously does not does not help very often, but
0: no, and this was you know this was in the seventies, and
1: it was nothing like it was nothing unusual. Or unlike what an, any other parent in that era would have said. No. Just a bit hit him back. Yeah. Even when we were kids, parents would be like, just hit him back. What, what are you coming to me with this? Exactly, exactly. I can't hit a 12 so year Cassie old. So Cassie says, well,
0: it. you know, mum didn't want to help me, so I didn't tell her that again. Then uh, when I was 12, I discovered booze that helped take the edge off it. By fifteen, I was a smackhead. Then my dad died. Evelyn blamed me, and she actually—oh, she says my mum spat in my face.
1: I don't know if I believe that.
0: I don't know whether I believe that.
1: Maybe she said something so vehemently that she—a bit of spit came out of her mouth. See,
0: this, and then,
1: Cassie. And thought,
0: I'm probably—I don't know. I'm probably looking into this a little bit more deep, bit too deeply. But that line about her spitting it in her face is the, the thing that makes me think maybe this isn't true because I don't think that she would do this but I don't, I don't know. I can't
1: imagine I can't imagine ever doing that to my child and I don't think that Evelyn would No. But you know, Evelyn was that. probably
0: a very different person 40 years ago as well. Hello, everyone she was, a bit was, of a spitter back then.
1: I was completely different. I was <laughs> spitting all the time when I was 40 um, years ago.
0: Anyway, um, Evelyn says Cassie said to Evelyn said you killed him I'll never forgive you then she ended back in Liverpool in squats on the streets then she found out she was pregnant tried to get off the drugs but couldn't she basically retells the story the way we kind of had already accepted it by this point um Tyrone doesn't believe she even tried to get clean but she says no I was I really I was trying my best um the You think that I didn't try to get clean Tyrone because that's what Evelyn told you because she wanted you to hate me and even last Christmas when I was clean Evelyn still wouldn't even tell you about me did she and now though I'm in your life you're part of my life son and I've got a reason to stay clean please don't let my mother ruin it because she'll try. A great, great scene there, loved it. So Evelyn comes back to the flat later and um is quite surprised to find out that Tyrone has invited Cassie to stay at number nine. He's not gonna go and If I was Fizz, I'd be right Pete Off by this. She hasn't seen her husband in how long she's been away now? Two months, three months? And, he's, that, and now, know. now he's saying, actually, love, I'm not going to come and see you. I'm just going to ship the girls off to you if you can look after them and still work at the same time as <laughs> yeah, a factory, as a factory supervisor, can not you? Um, and he's going to stay, and I'm just going to stay there and look after my mum. I'd liked, and I know we were doing probably completely impossible, but I'd have liked to have maybe had a video call with Fizz at this point because we did, we did have one, didn't we? After Fizz yeah. left, I don't I think mean, it was long after she left.
1: I know that it's so much more difficult than just getting a phone and doing a video but it it doesn't feel like it should be I know it is if you're on maternity leave I know it you're is you're on
0: maternity leave yes, it, would be, it would have like been that. wrong I think for Coronation Street to have said oh, I, know, I know Jenny You said to you <laughs> yes yes it's but illegal. I, would
1: it's illegal. It. I would have liked to have seen it
0: I would not like to have seen it just AI it anyway uh, it only has to appear on the little screen doesn't it um, Evelyn says look um, I was just trying to protect you this is what she said all along and it was uh, you're making a big mistake here, Tyrone. And he says, "No, sorry, Nana, I just can't trust you to tell me the truth anymore." So he goes back to Coronation Street, finds the girls in the cafe. Says, oh, "You're going up to Norfolk. I'm staying here." They're a little bit myth because they want to get to know their new Nana. One um, thing I really
1: liked about they will in time was Hope going. She owes us so many birthday and Christmas presents. Did also. she say that? Yeah this was i remember that at some point there was some kind of estranged relative or somebody that had was like in my family or a friend of my of my parents or some kind of significant person to me and i hadn't seen them for many many years and i remember doing this as well going now how many birthdays and christmases have they missed and how much would (laughs) they have given me and that means they owe me a hundred pounds and my parents (laughs) like no, you psychopath.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I love hope. I love hope she's saying it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get, she said she's going to get Sam to work out the maths for her. I
0: totally missed that line. That feels like, I think it's a bit of a cliche line, to be honest. Having I mean, a long lost family coming back. and That's saying That's what kids how? do. I know. Um, Tyrone helps oh, the girl sorry, get into Sorry the car. children,
1: you're such a cliche. So cliche you're learning cliche, how to something. ride a bike and everything.
0: Kevin spies that Cassie's in the house and he doesn't look too happy about this because he was sitting next to Abby earlier when she was recommending that this probably isn't the best course of action for Tyrone at this point in time. Um, but nothing else happens there. Abby wasn't there, was she? So she still hasn't been introduced to Cassie yet. That's still to come. Um, and then Cassie moves in. They have a little thing about, oh, I don't, re- don't you really know. You don't even know whether you have sugar in this your tea. This is such a
1: stupid idea.
0: I know, I know. Just invite
1: a woman that you don't even know Asking to live with for
0: disaster, you. Tyrone. Mm-hmm. But he's such a... Idiot. No, no, he's such a kind-hearted <laughs> and Michael, gullible...
1: I'm going to say, those two things sometimes go hand-in-hand in hand and quite disastrous fashion. I know,
0: I know, but I, I totally see that Tyrone probably would. He's a bit of a... He is a softie, isn't he? As much as he likes to act hard. This is hard. why
1: I say d- when the phrase, be kind, is the most dangerous in mo- in modern history don't be kind look be after cautious. yourself put
0: yourself first so roy goes to see evening later at the is he at the flat this evening, i can't remember he says look i, I know you why you acted the way you did i want to help you she says that i'm convinced cassie's using again don't know why but i don't trust her at the moment she's taking advantage of tyrone she's trying to To you know, to to get off the drugs and and live a normal life, but she's never going to change. And Roy's like, you never know, maybe this time it'll be different. But she, no, it is not, because the final scene that we see in the uh, this story this week is Tyrone and Cassie at the dinner table, and she has a little look inside her bag, and she's got some pregabla blin. What is it? Pregnant? blur. It sounds like a pregnancy thing, but it's like pregablin.
1: Pregnablin. That's blin. what she got
0: addicted to before, and she still got
1: Preg-blal-in.
0: some So. Um
1: preg balling sounds like when you're pregnant and you go and buy yourself loads of really cool maternity outfits exactly. preg balling
0: um so what's what what we're gonna have happen here then uh, i i I hope this story carries on into next week it almost it felt a little bit like they reached a stage where they could rest it for a while and then we come back uh, you know a week or two's time and find out how they're getting on but you know, there's only been two days this week that Evelyn and Cassie have been back. I I was actually really surprised that they came back so soon. I was expecting maybe September return. So it was a I I knew going into this week because I'd seen pictures that they were going to be back. But when I saw those pictures, it was a it was a big pleasant surprise for me. <gasps>
1: like that? <But> because <gasps> it
0: was just like that.
1: Uh, I said I said I really enjoyed this story. And I, I think it is brilliant. I, I think it's great. And it's, I've said many nice things about it already that are, I think are all, all true. But when I think about where this is going in the immediate future, I can't help but kind of go, oh.
0: Do you?
1: Yeah, because it's like, oh, he's going to find the, the pills in her bag and she's going to say, oh, I need them because I've got... I'm preg balling. You're gonna have a brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, imagine if he finds the pills and says, "Mom, are you pregnant?" Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, the
1: the immediate future just feels kind of, it just feels like it's I kind of can see where it's going. Like he's gonna, he's gonna realize this. I don't know this woman at all. I I I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna. He's gonna kick her out, isn't he? And then Evelyn's gonna come and smuggle over everything. And then she's going to take Cassie back in the flat. And then they're going to have a conversation about how stupid Cassie is and how brilliant Evelyn is. And then Cassie's going to say that it's Evelyn's fault. Do you know what I mean?
0: Possibly, possibly. I'm The mo- the thing that I'm, well, one of the things that I'm most interested in, in with this one is finding out how Abby is going to be involved. Because surely it's going to be more than just a recommendation that they Tyrone shouldn't you know be trusting of her I, I want to see I want to see Abby uh, have a confrontation with Cassie in an alley or something and then say look I know your type because I used to be one of them what's your game that
1: would be quite and, fun.
0: and I, I, I'd quite like Abby to proper redemption in,
1: invest- for Abby then
0: she didn't need him for she didn't need him no
1: alright I, I need me. her to
0: do some investigating and maybe she be the one that that helps Tyrone to see you Balling really like.
1: that's one of my favourites
0: I've, Why also have you got got, this? I've also got. I've also got the little idea in my mind, and again, like the Terry Duckworth thing, I don't think this is going to happen. That maybe Abby and Cassie's paths have crossed in the past. You know, could they could they know each other from from? Because didn't I, I've lost track a little bit? Abby did go to um, drugs clinic-y place or something, didn't she? After after rehab, the, yeah, rehab. Could she? Could she have seen that?
1: Um, I know
0: it'd be a massive coincidence, but we're used to those. And were that's you just demanding how the that world...
1: Tyrone is actually the son of Terry Duckworth? So. Yeah.
0: Coincidence is how the world turns around at the moment. So. On Corrie. On On, on Corey, so. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um,
1: right. I think we've talked this to death.
0: I'm just loving. It. I just. I'm just. Yeah. So so happy that they're they're all back and um. It's almost. I'm kind of. You say that you're glad that Fizz isn't in it. I think, in a way, I'm glad that the girls have been shipped off because if anyone's not really needed in this story, yeah. it's them. True. Do do you buy? Do you buy that Cassie wants to reconnect with her family, yeah. or is she just trying to get something? Is she trying to I, fleece listen, them or something?
1: You can want two things at once that conflict with each other, and I'm sure this is what Cassie's. And she thinks she can have both of them at the moment, but she's going to find out she can't. She thinks she can keep taking these drugs and she's got a handle on it now. She's, she knows what she did wrong before. This time's going to be different. She's, she, she's, she's going to keep it under wraps. She's going to keep it under control and she's going to get her family back. That's what she thinks is going to happen.
0: Mm. She, the, 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 the look that she gave during the Little Big Shots concert when she was really proud of, of Ruby and Hope that felt very genuine because
1: a a lot of people view children or grandchildren as a second chance at life don't they Yeah, like they're living vicariously like okay maybe I screwed up but look at this this is what my genes can do there must be something of me in these kids Mm. even though only one of them (laughs) is related but um, she's thinking this is yeah this is redemption maybe it will be different you know I never got a chance with my son. This is my chance. Mm. Now I'm clean too, even though I'm still using, but it's in a different way now. It's more con- it's under control, so I don't need to worry about it. Everyone's, everything's going to be cool. Mm.
0: So I well, we, will we will see. We will see. Speaking of nefarious types though, Gemma, um, the Stephen storyline, I'll pass over this one to you.
1: Thank you very much. On Monday, Peter is still panicking about the fact that he's nicked this watch.
0: Nicked, sold. And now it's under investigation. It's yeah,
1: yeah. Carla tells Stephen that Lou's coming to the office because she wants to see the business running. I don't... Uh, never ever use Underworld as a demonstration for how to do business correctly. There's just a bunch of maniacs running around.
0: Well, she, she, she was impressed when she came and had a look. That That's because she show. went there on she the one, on day, one day that yeah.
1: they weren't near bankruptcy. <laughs> so anyway, when... Um, when they have this meeting with Carla and Stephen, Lou's listening, but she's like, Look, sorry, I'm a bit distracted at the moment because I've got this, um, this type in just keeps going round in my head. Why would Rufus have this type in with this engraving in it? It's really weird. And I, I, I just can't get it out of my head. So I've asked the police to look at it and they said that they will. So Carla's like, Look, come, come and look around, look at all our knickers. And they leave Stephen there. Who takes her hotel card because he's got this plan, obviously, to go and take the type in from her room. Meanwhile, Peter's on the phone to the jewellers because they sold this watch. I don't think it was a jeweller; I think it was a pawn shop. Yeah. And Stephen hears Peter on the phone about this and comes over. He's overheard this, and he realizes what's happened. He says, "Oh, what a coincidence! Lou's husband also had a gold watch that went missing. He puts it all together he he somehow's got this amazing memory of February or whenever it was when Peter was being shady, and he's like, I remember you asked for for Rufus's phone number around the time that the watch went missing like like okay <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got a brilliant memory just like um." Elaine had for what Gabrielle looked like from seeing her for like three seconds on yeah. the screen, and um, he he realizes he's like you stole the watch, didn't you? And Peter says, Peter just admits it. He says, "Look, he was an asshole, so I stole his watch and sold it, and then I used the money for Carla's rehab, and oh no, what was it? it was not rehab; it was mental health. Yeah, um, impatient <sighs> thing. So so Stephen says." Um, Look, it's just a mistake. <laughs> We've all made mistakes, believe it or not. And he says, "Look, don't don't tell Lou straight away." And Peter's grateful for his for how calm he is considering how big stakes this this is. Peter doesn't really ever say anything like, "Well, Stephen told me not to tell Lou," because <clears throat> I think I would bring that up. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He somehow forgets it's happened. Mm. So I'm just taking a drink yeah, <clears throat> inside the factory. Lou is saying, oh, Carla, 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 I can see why you're everyone's favourite character. Thank you for showing me about how great you are at business. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're so good at it. Why would you want to leave this utopia where you're in charge of everybody and people make you tea? And Carla says, oh, I I just want a, I just want a change in life. But maybe I don't want to change anymore. Maybe I want to stay here forever. And then Peter just walks in. She doesn't even say that. She says something like, "Maybe I'm going to. Maybe I'm having second thoughts." And Peter walks in and goes, "Oh, oh, you're having second thoughts now. I can't believe this!" And goes off in a huff.
0: I know. I thought that was a mega overreaction. From I don't him. think
1: Peter would say this. He's a lot more chilled out than this. I thought. I didn't think this worked.
0: He. D- very I, I well. think he's thinking about Carla's mental health, and he saw what <laughs> running the factory what state it left her in, only a few months ago. Um, but flying off the handle the way that he did, I think, was um, a little bit... Yeah, old, that's how OTT. you support
1: somebody with mental health issues. You go, you can't cope! I'm going to leave you! You can't do this! Indeed. Always, always very helpful. Stephen um, lets himself into the hotel room with this key uh, to try to find the type-in. So, Peter sits Carla down and says, "What? why are you... Why are you saying this now? We had this plan. You're going to sell the factory, and we are going to get a boat and go to Taiwan. I don't know what the plan is. Um, and she says, I, "I just feel like I believe in myself more." And and you are the one who said I should quit. I didn't want to quit, and then things start getting very tense. And then she starts asking about the, him about the watch again. And this is when he has to admit to her that it's been already sold, and that she's the one that stopped him from telling Lou. And and Carla kind of gets really frustrated with this and says, Look, I can I, I think Steven's the only person I trust at the moment. Meanwhile, cut to Stephen, <laughs> he's trying to nick uh the typing. He finds it in a jewelry box inside Lou's hotel room. But before he can leave the room, the door starts to open and this was a um a good uh cliffhanger. I thought it was just gonna be a, a cleaner, but it turned out it was Jules, his uh Lou's son. He comes in he <laughs> his headphones in, gets his phone out and starts playing Kirby.
0: Oh, yeah. They use the generic video game music, which always drives me nuts because it's been like 20 years that they've used this, this sound from the Kirby game on the Game Boy for just standing for any handheld game. But anyway. What can you do? That's along they the they same line of crisps and I probably don't want to be talking about it right now.
1: No, probably not. So, um... Stephen runs and hides in the in the bathroom. Oh yeah, I already said that. So, so Jules is sitting there on the edge of the bed. He's got he's engrossed in his game with his headphones on. He can't hear anything. And Stephen slips out and uh, bumps into Lou. Not the Lou, a Lou. And she says he says, uh, "Oh, I was just I just came to see you." Now I had I've seen some people on on Twitter complaining that there's no way that um Kirby, <laughs> Jules wouldn't know that somebody was in the room with him. I'm telling you, how many times have you, if you like, crept up to me, not even creeping up on me? I've got my headphones in. Gemma is you come very, right very jumpy. and I like shriek and hit you. Yes. Um, I am always in my own world, and you can creep up on me quite easily. Please don't do that though, because I don't want to be murdered. So, um, he's he says that he wanted to see her, so they go inside the room. Um, but that that I can't remember what happens there. We cut to Carla and Peter oh yeah he he tells her about the watch because the next thing we see Carla and Peter are leaving the factory and Lou storms over going I know all about the watch Stephen told me so they all go inside and she's like why did you steal the watch and Peter says I was feeling greedy and Rufus I thought he had it coming to be honest and then Lou gets all high and mighty and, and she's like Rufus was many things but he wasn't a thief Lou needs to be reminded that he was a drug addict that also overdosed. Even though, you know, in reality, he was, he was, he was drugged, but he's, he overdosed before. Like you pointed out quite rightly, he's done it by himself by accident yeah. before. So <clears throat> he wasn't a thief. So, you know, so what? He was still a horrible person. She's mad at Carla. She's like, why don't you tell me about this? Why did I find out from Stephen? And then she says, "I'll honour this current current contract, but after this, you're dead to me." And she storms off. And Nicole is like, yeah, "You've cursed me a mate." She gets really annoyed about this. She's made a fantasy fantasy of this friendship, but she's, she's barely known
0: Lou. Lou and she's like five minutes, <clears throat> and now she's like, "Oh, I, I've me
1: and Lou, we're going to be business buddies. We we're going to get boss babe manicures and talk about contracts with each other." And now you've ruined it. I haven't got any friends except for Roy. So <laughs> she storms off. Then Stephen gets an angry message from Carla going, we need to talk. Um, Peter and Carla meet up with uh, Stephen in the in the pub and they're having a go at him saying, you've lost us to our biggest client. I can't rely on you. I've got uh, the sales off. I'm staying at Underworld. I, I, can't, I can't deal with this. Um, and then she goes back to the flat with Peter and she says, I don't have a choice. I've got to pay back Lou for this bloody watch that you stole and I'm not getting rid of Stephen because... I I can't rock the boat here. That seemed like a w- bit of a weird reason. I would have fired him ages ago. You can't trust this man. Um, but she she seems to think she needs him. And then outside, Stephen's like dooby dooby doo, a bit like David Cameron at, after Brexit when he re- when he resigned doo 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 doo, not my problem <laughs> anymore. Bye everyone. He drops the type in down the drain. Problem solved. Yeah. I think that's the last we're ever going to see of the type-in. Although I did I, say maybe Sean might suddenly get into detecting, and uh, <laughs> get a little metal detector. There's
0: no way that, <clears throat> that type-in can ever be found. I know that, you know, when we had the, the, the gun washed down the drain during Horror Nation Street, it very conveniently gun, yeah. um, popped out next to Harvey. But uh, they can't use that trick twice. I, <clears throat> I I think that's that's got to be gone.
1: I think... This is going to be a piece of evidence that cements somebody's suspicion in the future. It's not going to be the smoking gun. It's not going to make anyone suspect him. But when they put the pieces together, they're going to realise that the G meant Gabrielle. Yeah. So on Wednesday, Peter sees Stephen in the cafe. He's like, get out of my way. Stay out of my way. I don't want colour to go back to work. And they lock horns over this. And um, Peter says... Um, Carla's coming back. She's going to get rid of you. Your days are numbered. Mate. E. E. That's mm-hmm. what, nautical phrase for friend. In case you need a translation.
0: Thank you. <coughs>
1: Stephen calls Michael to the factory. <coughs> you've,
0: you've got a bit of I know, oh, I do. And you're not really helping right me you? out at all. You're making... What's your,
1: what's well, you? I'm trying to drink. And normally, when, when you have a problem... I pick up and start reading.
0: I just, I found honestly, I found this story not that engaging this week, and I have been a fan of the Stephen story all this time. But I, I, I think he just needs to do another <coughs> murder because yeah,
1: he needs to murder someone, please.
0: All of this, all of this stuff with with Lou and getting more characters involved, and then cliffhangers and and over overheard conversations and it. coincidences i'm it's it's losing me it's really really losing me
1: what they've done is they've dangled too many red herrings in front of us going oh is this going to be steven's next victim no yeah. Is this going to be steve no mm. so St- steven still got michael under his wing hasn't he he yeah. still is under his thrall and he has he's turned michael he's turned michael hasn't realised how subtly Stephen's done this and turned it into Stephen and Michael versus Carla. And she, he's like, Oh, she's, I hope she doesn't come with a takeaway coffee cause she's in beast mode. She comes in with a takeaway coffee. It's on. She tells them that normal service is back on, back on track next fortnight. I, I want, um, Lou's coming for a meeting this afternoon. Stephen, get out my seat. Um, then Peter and Stephen have another face-off in the shop, and Peter's saying, oh, "I'm on to you." Um, oh, is Peter and are Peter and Tim gonna join forces? Well,
0: uh, yeah, I've actually written that an later on. Later, unlikely combination. They're, they're starting to build. They're the both people taxi who drivers. Suspicions of uh, of Stephen. Mm. You're right. They, then they do, yeah.
1: Colleagues, mm. they probably work it out at the Christmas pie.
0: Mm. <laughs> so
1: Lou tells Stephen again, "There's no way I'm, I'm working with the factory after this," and. um... I want to talk to you about this t- stolen tie pin. And she says, look, I know you were at my hotel room yesterday and now this tie pin's gone missing. You stole it, didn't you? And he says, that's ridiculous. You're just so stressed. <laughs> I'm sorry about all oh, your, 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 your uh, husband dying and everything, but I didn't steal your tie pin. And, um, she's not convinced. The meeting ends. He's, he slopes off. He's annoyed. And he goes back to the factory and he says, no, Lou's still in a a snit. And she says, well, at least we tried. Get this order done and then we'll make a fresh start. So Peter walks past Stephen and Carla in the pub and Stephen apologises about... I can't understand. He's like, honestly, it's the best policy. Sorry, I rallied you out. And then he holds out his hand and Peter won't shake his hand. There's literally no plausible reason why Carla should trust him. Why does Carla just accept that seems like... I just don't like lies.
0: Well, it's be, he obviously does a because he does a great job on the the Zoom call on Friday. Oh, that's it? true. The, the story
1: just barely raised its
0: head on um, Friday, but it was yeah.
1: Carla's getting uh, her feet back under the table at the factory. She's doing a pitch. Stephen helps. They do a Zoom call and they nail it. They're
0: like thanks to Stephen. They're
1: like one of those um, well, like stock images of two business people, successful business people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, I just I didn't I didn't really. I feel like every time, like like you said, they're saying could th- could this be it? Is this going to be dramatic change of circumstances? And sometimes it is. Like the fact that Elaine's now not in the program. Sometimes there's weeks on here where something's dangled in front of me and it and it pays off. But this week it didn't, and the typing didn't really lead anywhere. And I'm not really interested in in Lou's character. And no, I, I, I'm just, I, I think it may be because I was more interested in the Tyrone story this week, and, and any scene that came on that wasn't that, I was a little bit disappointed with. But uh, the, the coincidences, the, 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 the phony cliffhangers of like somebody coming into Stephen's room, uh, or Lou's room when, when Stephen was in there. I didn't buy the fact that Lou originally accepted that he was just loitering around the hotel room because he wanted to see her didn't she notice that her key card was gone
1: i don't know if you would necessarily if you're walking if you've got your stuff in the bag and then you're walking up to the hotel room why would you get your card key out he took he took the key the card out of the the cardboard slip yeah. So you would just take the the slip out and go, where's my card? But she went in the room because Jules is in the
0: room. But she must have found out at some point. She
1: must have found out, but she didn't. Did we see him return the card?
0: I don't know. She's well, she, she almost not put did it put it together. But she did think that she'd put it together because she accused him of stealing the tie pin. So she must have thought.
1: Yeah, there, there's Someone's something missing. Someone's been in my there. room
0: to steal the tie there's pin. There's something missing. Stephen, there. Stephen
1: was that he could have put the he could have put the car key the key card down when he was in the room, and then she would have gone. Oh, I must have just forgotten to take it.
0: Mm. I also, I'm not sure what Stephen's plan was. Like, was he just hoping that Lou wouldn't notice the tie pins missing? Here's,
1: a, here's an idea.
0: And is that what
1: if you want to steal somebody's tie pin out of their jewelry box? Next time, Stephen, what you do is you take the little jewellery box and you put it in the bath upside down with the jewellery out. So it looks like somebody was... Either either the cleaner's done it, trying to take the, the jewellery out, or Jules, or, when, or the kid's done it, or she's done it when she's drunk. Who knows? And it's gone down the drain in the hotel.
0: Nice. Sneaky. Shady.
1: Because that makes more sense. Then Then the question is... How did my jewelry box get in the bath? Not who stole the tie pin. Ah, hmm. uh, see? Ah.
0: Uh, uh. th- th- there's also... Me and Stephen,
1: if me and Stephen combined our forces, we could kill anybody on the planet.
0: I also don't believe that there wouldn't be any CCTV in the hotel that well, could have showed gonna... that Stephen was going in nobody's there. Nobody's going to listen
1: to Lou going, someone stole the tie pin out of my room. I'm. I'm not going to check would. the CCTV. If I said,
0: if I said somebody has been in my room and they have taken this, I want you to show me who it is. They, they would. So think there's just would? too many things that. I don't think they. I don't think up. that they
1: would be. able, I don't think that they would. I think. I think they'd say no. You can't just come and say you want to look at the CCTV video of the hotel. You've got to have a better reason than that. Come back with the police. And then she go to the police and go. You know that typewriter going on about. Well, it's gone missing. The police would say, forget it, love. You've had your chance. We're not interested. We know what happened to Rufus. I not
0: know. Been banging
1: on about this bloody type-in. You didn't know your husband as well as you thought you did. He's dead. You were estranged. He had a type-in with love G on it. Get over yourself. It was obviously his girlfriend.
0: G for girlfriend? Yeah.
1: That's how I sign everything.
0: <laughs> I don't... I, yeah. I mean, you can I've...
1: write that. You could have written that in if you wanted to. Or you could just... Just the shortcut is... Forget it. Mm. She hasn't. She knows it was him.
0: Mm. So Car- Carla's back in the factory then.
1: <sighs> Does anyone see anything different coming out of this?
0: No. I just I I, I, I found little to interest me with this. this wow, Well, Uncle
1: Stevens always me. the best character in every single. Not
0: this week. Not this no, week. No, I want to move on. I want to talk about this Rover story, which I found much more useful and uh, not useful. Um, engaging. I I
1: like useful scenes.
0: So, the Monday stuff, I have mixed... I have separated the Gemma side of things with the Ed and Ronnie side of things because it didn't appear at the beginning that they were the same story, but, I mean, they're still Maybe they are. So, on Monday... And know, you know this is maybe this this is another downside of this week. Only one day of Henry, and he only got two or three scenes. Well, this out is of it, unacceptable. I know. So Gemma's in her least chavvy clothing for her PA job, um, and she's pretty nervous about the whole thing. But Jenny's reass sorry—is reassuring. He says look, like, "You're going to do a great job. You look really professional," and she she looked okay, didn't she? But then he kind of ruins it a little bit by giving her a pink fluffy jotter and pen. This. Why, kind why, of annoyed why, me. Why would Chesney think that that's an appropriate thing to bring?
1: They're not. They're not stupid, are they? They're naive and they're. They have a different taste, but they understand the difference between a business notebook and a fluffy pen.
0: I would just kind of assume that if I'd starting a new job as someone's PA, I might be given my own stationery to use. I don't know. It, it, it was, it was a sweet, it was a sweet gesture, but maybe a little short sighted. I think
1: it would have, it would have still been funny because they obviously wanted the visual joke there. But why didn't they just write like we don't, we can't afford? Like they're always banging on, they don't have any money, and now he's buying a bloody, you know, this would have cost about ten pounds probably. From well, paper chase is gone now, but um, it's, it would not have been cheap to buy this silly nonsense. Why didn't they say, oh, this is one of the kids, and we don't have any pens and paper? And then she would have said, okay, I'll take it in. And then when they got there, the joke would have been that you don't need to bring your own stationery. You don't Mm. need a fluffy monster (laughs) pen. We have rose.
0: Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. So she, she goes to the pub. Jenny thinks Gemma looks great as well. Jenny, Jenny's looking a little bit desperate, isn't she? She's like, "Please, you've got to do this. Her... This is my one shot. If you're the P. If you're the PA, you're going to be there to try and um, maneuver. <laughs> that's you know, that's a bit of a risk putting Gemma in charge of um, anything. Yeah, basically. But off Gemma goes to work. So she has an orientation session. So people had said that why, why would why would Henry hire Gemma as a PA when she's never had any training? She gets probably a good hour. On, on Monday morning and then she knows everything she possibly needs to know although they don't teach a shorthand it turns out
1: no it's difficult to learn that so hour. Gemma
0: finds Henry and his dad in the meeting room I was already really to take take this notes. meeting room this, I was like oh, oh they've got a last set. Week on the podcast, I said they're not they going to do a, a, Henry, a Newton and
1: Henry a Newton and Henry uh, a Newton and Ridley brewery any set there's not going to be any set so when they actually I'm had a meeting i say this room, is probably
0: the only set we'll see
1: when they had the meeting room, I was like, "Oh, they're investing in this storyline. That's really good."
0: Yeah, and then there was no more for the rest of the week. Well, no,
1: they ha- yeah, there was no more of this story. Well, not for
0: this part, but um, maybe, maybe we'll see. What was his name? Waterman, the the, the guy oh, from the hotel. Someone, dude. Um, anyway, maybe they'll have him and Philip having secret meetings in that room. What do the is story? His name. Anyway. Mr. Newton, Henry, uh, Henry's dad, isn't very impressed with Gemma's fluffy accessories and says, well, at least hope you've got decent shorthand at least. And Gemma's like, oh, what's shorthand when it's at oh, home? Honestly. Oh, Meeting's okay. over later. We, we don't get to see any of this. Hem, um, it turns out that they didn't talk about the rovers. So Jenny being, uh, sending Gemma in as a spy didn't really pay off on the first day. Um, and uh, Phillips says, um, you're just a mole. What are you, what are you trying to do? We just ran out of time, that's all. There's no nothing nefarious going on here. He disappears off, and Gemma thinks, oh, I've shown myself up, I've been an idiot. Tammy says, no, 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 no. Um, let's get you a more appropriate diary. So Gemma, which we didn't even get to see that, did we?
1: It would have been like, exactly like, the scene in the first Harry Potter movie when Harry goes to Ollivander's to get his wand <laughs> yeah it was, he would have opened the door of this like vast stationery cupboard and gone select the pen that best suits you sadly or maybe another pink one... jotter, fluffy jotter yeah. probably would have Just flown kind of off, the, off
0: the shelves at her. it's like well okay anyway it's, made, um, it's meant to be they, they they go back Gemma goes back to the pub and, and Gemma, Gemma says look sorry I've not been able to make any any Headway. steps forward with this today um and that was basically as far as Gemma's side of the story goes. So we're yeah. I suppose led to believe that she keeps on PA for the rest of the week but, but doesn't get anywhere with it. Um, she only
1: just does her job, she doesn't actually get anything out of it. Yes.
0: The Ed story, um and, and Ronnie, which I found utterly dull until tonight, basically Ronnie's come home um to number three and says, well not number home, he goes to visit Ed and says, I've just sold the last house for business celebrations and all round.
1: Oh, God, I forgot about that.
0: Completely forgot what you do, Ronnie. Um, so Ronnie says to Ed, look, I want to take our relationship to the next level.
1: Let's be father and son.
0: Let's be brothers. In it. Let's be like, you know, we saw the Mario Brothers movie earlier this year yeah. and they got it all sorted out, it seems. Let's be the Bailey Brothers. So um, they decide that they're going to go into business together and they're going to call it Eddie Ron.
1: I hated that. I just
0: I yeah. object. To it. I don't That's know whether it's supposed name. to sound like a bad business name, but it doesn't doesn't roll off doesn't the tongue, does, you, it? does it? <laughs> no. Um th- it, as the it week goes like, on, it
1: sounds like Enron, which is that company, isn't that company that screwed everyone over?
0: I think it sounds like No, I don't know what I think it sounds like. Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> As the week goes on, it it turns out that um, Ed is definitely the more cautious of the brothers in this partnership. Ronnie says, "Look, you got no ambition. We just need to we need to get out there. We need to the, to take risks." And Ed's like, "Oh, I'm not sure." Um, and Ronnie says, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you dinner." at the hotel tomorrow and we're going to we're going to sort this out we're going to see where this business will take us. So today we see um them at the hotel. It starts off with just um Ronnie and Debbie and sh- this is where we are introduced to Jason Waterford who's the owner of a major food and drink retailer who's expanding. Debbie tells Ronnie he's a big cheese in food. Cheese. <laughs> big cheese in cheese. When in they Lancashire. start when
1: she start going Oh, he's a he's a big name in food the food and drink I was like snore. I also got I also got confused because I completely forgot what the man in the RD affair storyline, or you know, coercive control storyline, what hit what the husband looked like. There's lots of slick like, businessmen that, being
0: introduced to us at the is moment. Is that the
1: guy that was
0: we'd never met him before
1: but he looked weirdly similar to Philip Newton
0: that's one yeah I would agree with you all. they both looked like
1: they enjoyed a snifter of brandy
0: yeah so then Philip Newton walks in and they shake hands and Debbie's like what's going on there then I, I sense that something big is going down here She's all about the conspiracy theories. She knows with what she's Debbie. about. So, Ed and Ronnie are both watching these two guys later, and Ronnie reckons that they should be trying to buy Philip Newton a drink later to let them know they're expert pub renovators, having just recently done this. So, he goes up to the bar, Philip's there, and, and Ronnie says, Hey, got any pubs that need renovating? I'm your guy. Here's my business card. They're and like, Philip doesn't appreciate this. dare he? you! He thinks he's being a bit pushy. And um, so he and Eddie, uh, Ed, go and sit down. a Little bit deflated. They get, about they the, get uh, um, about it.
1: They get uh, the, taken down a peg or two. They don't do, they? they
0: do. Debbie is still sure though that these guys are up to something, and she says, oh, "You know, what, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and take them over a glass of champagne, a bottle of champagne, and see if I can um, see if I can find anything out." And she does. She beckons Ronnie to the corridor later and says. I managed to pinch a document. What did she say that she? She said she, she spilt.
1: She said I spilt some wine on it, and then I said, "Oh, sorry. I'll take this and photocopy it for you, so it's not wet anymore." And they went. That sounds like a great idea.
0: No, I thought that she just said she was gonna go and dry it out, but she was she didn't
1: about a photocopy. Yeah, yeah, she it did. She make, it didn't make any sense. She,
0: I think that she said I'm gonna go and dry it out, but on but, oh, but she photocopied but she photocopied it. photocopied it for herself. Oh, well, they, they don't know that herself. she's photocopied it. But anyway, the the long and short I of it. I apologise Debbie, I didn't understand. The long and short of it is that Waterford is buying Newton and Ridley No! Oh my gosh. So Ronnie says that can't well, happen. what's that gonna mean for Jenny? This is this is their throwing
1: that can't happen things
0: into the air because and Debbie says would, you can't tell Jenny it would what
1: ruin Newton and Ridley
0: why would it ruin Newton because and it's a family business oh so sad um, De- Debbie says look I, I love that Debbie already has come up with a plan. She's here. got. I don't know how I can make money out of it. She 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 will definitely use underhand methods and get into bed Michael? with dodgy people, with you... like she did with um what's his face. What was the what was the name of that guy that was buying up the street a few years Stanley. ago? Stanley. Oh, stop it. You know what his name was. The guy that was dodgy with Faye. Frederick. Stop it. But in fake names in my head. What John... were you saying? No, stop it.
1: I don't remember his name otherwise i say stop it. telling
0: me fake names because it's stopping me thinking of his actual <laughs> name. I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, everybody. Ray. Ray Crosby. Thank you very much. Yeah, she was getting into bed with him she, and, and, she, you know, she faked the bistro robbery last year no. so she was, she? you know, she's all up for, for nefarious Michael, deeds if she can get a bit of cash.
1: Are you trying to suggest that she might be involved in it, insider trading?
0: I think that she is. She says to Ronnie, what you need to do, right, is buy some shares in Newton and Ridley and as soon as this this deal is announced, they're gonna skyrocket. You can sell, pocket the cash, win win. And one is like, hang on a minute, that sounds a bit dodgy. And Debbie's like, yeah, but you can't lose, honestly. I think you should go for it. She's
1: like, all the politicians do it. What are you exactly. doing?
0: Ed's not happy with this idea when he hears about it. He says, it's insider trading. We can't be doing that. He says it very he's, loudly
1: several times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> He says, and, and and Debbie says, no, look, Aggie's going to think it's brilliant. think all the money you'll be Check. bringing. And he's like, Aggie, if she found out about this, she'd say this was gambling, illegal gambling at that. It's oh, insider be over. trading.
1: It's insider trading. So, Ask Martha Stewart about insider trading.
0: He storms off and Debbie ends up pointing out to Ronnie... Not going to stop you doing it. No, though, take your
1: half of the money and put, make get some cash, lad. That's what, I'd do. what? I do. I do It's not insider trading because he, he d- is not an insider. She's Well, yeah, right. she,
0: she says She's, that, doesn't she?
1: It's not. It's it's completely un, unethical, and I don't know if it is illegal. Probably is illegal, but it's not insider trading.
0: If you've got inside knowledge, does it matter it's where that in, inside knowledge came it's from, not or is it just inside it? knowledge? Well, I it care. is because he's read a letter.
1: I don't care. I do, do you know what? I never it just need being to know about this. I never need to know the rules about insider trading. It's never be relevant for my life ever.
0: Okay. What well, did you think about the developments of this today?
1: Um Oh, why are they talking about shares and stocks and takeovers and what is this succession?
0: It's not the sort of thing that usually interests me at all, but the fact that it's um got the the rovers and the bistro and everything uh, all tied up with it, I I'm suddenly a lot more invested.
1: I just looked it up. It is insider trading.
0: Oh, okay.
1: If you have non-public knowledge.
0: Oh well, there we go. Do you...
1: but, uh, it just in. Seemed... Oh, okay, okay. Well, it hasn't
0: this op- Hasn't this up op- opened up a lot more opportunities for for different directions that this story can go down? Um... Like, is are, are, are they gonna? Is he gonna do it for one thing? Yeah.
1: Are Ed, are Eddie and Ronnie, Ed and Ronnie, gonna end up? owning <laughs> Ridley's <released> by accident
0: <laughs> well it certainly could lead somehow I don't really know how into does Ronnie have some kind of investment in the Rovers and mm. you know the, we, we were, we've been talking for years bloody about Debbie going to end up owning is, the Rovers possibly is Ronnie going to be able to sweep in there obviously there's Jenny and Ronnie's paths have crossed in the past um, so is she going to think that he's there saving the day? Or I, like, I, I, I haven't kind of plotted it out in my head exactly how it's going to work yet. But I'm having having Ronnie now involved. It, it kind of makes sense to me. I'm also I, I asked you this one earlier. Does Henry know that the brewery is being sold underneath? I think him? that's a
1: very good question.
0: Because
1: what. Does does this mean that he
0: would lose his inheritance? Right, so here you go. Or does he still have... Mr.
1: Newton strikes me as the sort of person who would not tell Henry. Oh, yeah. He thinks this lad is a bit soft, probably, and a bit thick. Rightly or wrongly. So he's not going to tell Henry. The question is, is Henry a shareholder or an employee? And if he's uh, the latter, he's not going to benefit necessarily. In fact, he might find himself unemployed if the new owners consider him superfluous to requirements if he's a shareholder he could get a nice big wad of cash out of it if he isn't a shareholder no doubt he'll get some inheritance of his dad at some point but he wants to wait around for your dad to die to get money
0: yeah
1: um if if he gets fired by the new owners what will he do henry Mm. uh, he doesn't strike me as having (laughs) many (laughs) transferable skills Although he seems to know what it's he's like doing.
0: Temper- he, he does now. He seems to have grown up a bit in the he's past five years. He's a bit sensible. Years.
1: He's got experience, but how seriously w- would you take uh, somebody who's only got his job through nepotism? Mm. I don't know.
0: If, if, they, if they agree this deal as well, could Waterford put the kibosh on the, yeah. the Rovers yeah. buying?
1: Yeah. And then maybe Ed and, well, Ronnie will be like, well, I'll buy it then because I've got all this money from... Inside yeah, the exactly.
0: exactly. Well, this, this, this is exactly what I think. There's there's lots of mm, possibilities questions. that could happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder whether Henry could be the one that ends up um, becoming a hero in this. Does he does he find out about it, put a deal? stop to it? Maybe that's just what I'd like to happen, having him coming in, saving the day. Um, it was also interesting to me to wonder, is the brewery, why are they wanting to sell? Are they having money troubles? Does that... So- Tie in with well, why they weren't able to buy the Rovers. It wasn't a good enough investment because they couldn't afford to take risks well, at wanna, the moment. Well, they don't
1: want to add portfo- to their portfolio a business that's failing when they're trying to sell it to someone else. Mm. If they, I know that business.
0: I don't understand much about how businesses work.
1: <laughs> if I've watched um, The Apprentice, if I've seen all of this.
0: Waterford buys Newton and Ridley. Can they still? Will do that? That's clearly. I would have thought still wanted to trade under the name of Newton and Ridley because yeah, this this, is do, a, this brewery name holds clout, and I don't think they're th-
1: not going to change the name. Yeah, they better bloody not do it. Otherwise, I'm going to write. I'm going write in.
0: So I think if we think well, it's the buyout's not going to happen because they're not going to get rid of Newton and Ridley. I think that the buyout absolutely could still happen, and it's not going to affect us as viewers in the same way as the Rovers being bought out possibly could. Mm. You you don't seem as interested in this one as I am. <laughs> Or are you just a bit hot and tired at this point? I, you used all your energy I on need, the Cassie story.
1: Yeah, I, I think I need a little break. Just a tiny break, I just need to get another drink.
0: Okay. Okay, you're back. You, you seem to be refreshed. <laughs> um, Got your glass of water?
1: I'm, I'm definitely uh, back.
0: <laughs> well Gemma, get ready to be excited because it's the Lauren story. This is actually one that lots of people, are, this it's generated a fair bit of discussion because of what happened between Lauren and Roy on um, Monday's episode, so uh, I think there's probably going to be some bits to talk about there. Let's okay. find out.
1: Let's find out. Lauren,
0: Bo- Lauren Border.
1: Lauren Border. Go for it. Is it me?
0: Yes, it's you.
1: On Monday, Lauren is still useless at the cafe, but it turns out that... Uh, she's actually not wrong when she challenges Beth who accuses her of shortchanging her and Shana's like yeah Lauren you didn't take you didn't take horrible cow's word for it you stood up for yourself cool and uh, back at number 8 Lauren's like I really feel um validated for once in my whole life and he's pleased for only makes us some lunch what do you reckon it was we probably saw what it was it's probably beans on toast probably Lauren tells Max He's making her feel special and she goes in for a kiss and he pulls away and she goes off in a huff and she turns up at the Rovers and Cafe. Roy's cleaning up.
0: Cafe. I've written Rovers okay, ro- here, Hi. but it's not the Rovers.
1: Roy's. she turns up at Roy's and he's cleaning up and she says, I've just made myself look pathetic. Can you give me the money for my two shifts? Because I'm quitting my job and I need to get away from here. And and Roy's like, look, you're upset about something and he offers us something to eat. So she obviously didn't have lunch earlier. (laughs) So she sits down and he says, where are you going to go? And she says, I don't have anywhere to go. And he says, I'll book you a and b But she says, no, I'm not going to let you pay for it. And he says, well, you're not going to sleep rough. I'm going to (coughs) sneeze. Oh, dear. That was a good one. She says, um, "Oh, I don't know where we are. I'm not gonna <laughs> I, Where am I?" He's trying to say, "I'm so going to pay for you, you to stay well,
0: somewhere." And she's like, "No, no, why no, don't you no, stay I'll, here?" I, can't I don't want to worry about you.
1: And she says, "Okay." And then she says, "I'm grateful."
0: Um, There's lots of he says and she says around It, you, was it wasn't there?
1: Runnour. And she says, "Thanks so much. Do you want anything in return?" And she's looking away. She won't look him in the eye. She looks upset. And he and and he's like, I don't know what what do you, what do you mean? And she's saying, Oh, well, well you're you're lonely, and if you've got needs, then I can help you. And it's all really embarrassing. She she's obviously dying inside. Roy's like absolutely aghast, and and he's saying, D- Have I done something to make you think that I would want that from you? And she says, No, 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 it's not your fault. And then he's saying, Well, why are you gonna why are you why are you asking this? And she says, look, nothing is for nothing in this world, especially when it comes to men. And he understands um, that she's obviously been put in this position before and had to do things that she didn't want to do. And he then says, look, this isn't going to work out. You can't stay here now. Um, I've already had Tracy at me once. I'm not having this. (laughs) You can stay at Carla, so I'm just going to give her a ring. And she says, can I have a glass of water? So he goes to get it for her and she runs away. So on Wednesday, uh, Roy's phoning Shona to ask her where Lauren is. And Max is worrying too because he doesn't know either. And Shona says, well, she's fine. She's just probably a bit embarrassed about everything. And then later in the cafe, Roy tells Shona about why Lauren's not turned up.
0: Yeah, Roy Roy fills Shona in on the whole. She tried to ask me whether I wanted anything.
1: Shona's conflicted yeah. about what to tell him. Who's him? About what?
0: Doesn't matter. If you don't understand the okay. note, just don't read it.
1: Alright, oh, I'll just leave all the story out then. <laughs> Lauren says Lauren turns up at number eight and she finds Max and he wants to know where she's been. And Shona comes in and says, I know. I know that you came on to Roy. Oh, was that not what you were talking about? And uh this then it gets very awkward and she says, Oh, look, okay. I, I came on to him because I thought that's what he wanted. I was just trying to do something nice for him. Sorry. Um, is he okay? I, I, and Shona says, yeah, he's fine. And Lauren says, I just need to get away from here. Everything's really cringe. I've got to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave you. I miss you all, but I've got to, I have can't stay here. And Shona goes in for a hug. And Max says, I'll make you a cup of tea. And then when he goes into the kitchen, he asks her whether it's his fault because she feels rejected by Max. Um and she's like, Huh, who do you think you are? Uh, I was just trying to repay Roy because I've done it before. it's just a transaction. it's no biggie. And that's in a really interesting word because that is it what um that's what um Pat Feeding used to say he, transaction. Well, he said it
0: once he? well, know. you know
1: it was a very a very um that's that's how significant he, yeah uh, conversation that that came up in yeah, I can't remember was it just I don't know, I don't remember it. <laughs> Such an important conversation that I don't remember the context. But there's <laughs> there's definitely this thing about on Coronation Street of a tra- transaction and people believing that they're stuck in a cycle of some kind of
0: mm. negative
1: behaviour because they feel like it's it's part of life or there's some kind of um it, uh, unescapable yeah. kind of link between one thing and another that's not necessarily true. And Max, like, look, this is really messed up. And, and I was like... Look don't feel bad for me I'm um it's fine because he obviously feels bad she's been raped before that's basically she's been forced into a situation where she's desperate for some kind of human need like whether it's shelter or food or whatever it is somebody held over her head mm. that she then had to um, have sex with somebody to, to get to get something from them and he feels really bad that she's in this situation and he's like look She's like, don't worry about it. And, she, and she's and she's still bitter about the fact that Max clearly likes Sabrina more than her. And she starts being horrible about her, saying, oh, she's stupid smile and phony laugh. And um, I wonder whether... She goes to leave and, and um, she gives him a hug and, and he's saying, where are, she, where are you going? And she says, oh, tell Sabrina I don't tell my, send my love and leaves. But I wonder whether we're supposed to get from... Because Lauren clearly hates Sabrina. Yes. We get that, but are they laying this on really thickly because they want us to re- think that Lauren is not using the most obvious insult that you would do given her background, which would be to bring up her skin color.
0: She's changed.
1: Sabrina hasn't. Um, Lauren hasn't said anything about you know. Oh, she's t- she's stealing my boyfriend. She shouldn't even be here. Or you know, why are you why are you dating a black girl? She hasn't said any of those things. And I really honestly think that somebody with her background would say that. So has she actually changed?
0: But no, I I, I still don't know because it wasn't necessarily just about skin colour. It was. It seemed like it was more about the Islamophobia, wasn't it? And I I don't know whether but Lauren she, I had don't a think, problem with any non-white person. I
1: don't. I think Lauren did. I and I think that she didn't like Sabrina. I don't know, there's definitely. She's some- just
0: annoyed because she thought that if Sabrina wasn't on the scene, that she'd be able to uh, get it on with Max.
1: Yes, I know that's the most obvious <laughs> thing.
0: But you reckon possible. there's more?
1: No, I'm saying to you, is it Are we? Is the fact that she keeps insulting her? There's, there was no reason to have Lauren say, oh, Sabrina's got a stupid smile and a phony laugh. You know, mm. she's jealous of Sabrina, we know that. We mm. didn't really need to hear it. But it's, it's the fact that she's said these things without insulting her skin tone are supposed to be redemptive. That's Am good. I, I the only one who's getting this?
0: You, you from, might be right. From here. She, the, I, I just she, think it's she, very knows sus- that, she knows that Max, if she says anything racist, then that is totally it with, yeah, that's true. For, for Max.
1: That's true. That so she might be true. thinking it. She might be thinking it. That's, you know, that's um, one of the sad things, isn't it? Mm. That you can never really know what somebody's thinking if they're being horrible to you because of the colour of your skin. But um, I just think it's very significant that in all the time we've seen Lauren disliking Sabrina, she has never once said anything
0: I I I think, to be honest, I think that she probably has changed. And I, I still... I'm still reckoning that she's going to be in here in the show for the long haul, whatever that I, looks like, a couple I'm gonna, of years, and we'll be, end up forgetting that she was ever racist to begin with.
1: I'm going to begrudgingly accept that they've both changed, but I find it incredibly unbelievable that two people that were so convinced not even a year ago that they... I just... There's something in humans that racism... Something racism taps into... That makes it such a an sad and tragic thing. It's so easy. Such an easy thing for humans to latch onto. Mm. That I can't believe that something so easy and so... I was going to say natural, but I don't mean it in a positive way. That it would be so easy to overcome that
0: yeah, no, very I
1: basic that. kind of tribal tribalism isn't it yeah it, it goes back to you know that thousands of years it's a it's it was useful once to humans to be able to distinguish one group from another because we were probably fighting all the time we don't have this we don't need this now but there's something in our brains that loves this idea of us and them we just can't get away from it so the idea that these two people that were so entrenched in that very very it's kind of a it's kind of addictive and and, and in, in a really sick way, this idea that you can blame something on everybody else.
0: It's difficult How as well because we didn't then, see any of the any of we haven't seen any redemption. Of it's just we have to no, take our word it. She just turned up and went, oh, that she's,
1: that she's oh dear, changed. my dad's a bad man, I've just mm. remembered. So yeah, I, I don't buy that either of these characters overcame this so easily and now we're supposed to feel sorry for them. They, uh, Lauren hasn't apologised to anybody that she hurt. No. Uh, and I don't buy the fact that she wouldn't be racist against Sabrina, even though I have we have said before that there is definitely a difference between you know um, what they think about different groups of people. I, like, I, I still think that there's definitely a blanket racism that's just anyone who isn't white.
0: I can't help um, but I can't I can't forget the fact that she was kind of conspiring with her dad a month ago yeah, to, 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 get, him to get him out of prison by using Max basically. I still think we're I've like
1: got whiplash from this. It's I too think quick. we're
0: still supposed to be feeling sorry for her and liking her with with what happened this week. Let's let's, let's get to the. I end can of... feel
1: sorry for somebody and understand why they're in the situation they are and have human human emotions, but I can also feel like they don't deserve sympathy. Mm. Do you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. Let's let's get to the end of um. The, it's the not synopsis. that far from this. No, is no, it? It? it's got a few scenes left.
1: So. Um, she says tell Sabrina don't sell my love and I'm not racist anymore by the way leaves and goes to the cafe and apologises to Roy and he says don't worry about it women throw themselves at me all the time Um, in fact I've written you into the rotor for next week and she says I can't no I can't it's too too embarrassing Uh, everyone's seen this on telly now I've got to go and he says look I I know but look whether you stay or you go I'm always here for you I'm only a phone call away and she says I'll never forget you you're an absolute ledge and then she leaves and she goes back to number eight and, and nobody's there. Yeah, no. And she goes through the drawers. She finds a key. She looks at it. Salon. And she phones Roy and she says, I've decided to stay.
0: Yes. She's going to hide in the salon. Hide in the salon, which is a great hiding place because nobody ever goes into the salon on the show anymore. Like, last year I would have suggested the cabin is the perfect hideout spot for Lauren. But yeah, ca- salon, absolutely brilliant. Now, or Trim Up North would be a good one too. Who was
1: it that was in Trim Up North? Oh, Kelly. Yeah. How many blonde girls are we going to stash in salons on this show?
0: <laughs> um, so, what did you make of the whole Lauren coming on to Roy? Had you, had you seen anything before no. we watched it about this happening? See, I had and i don't know where it was i think i just saw it as a fleeting headline and, and it was one of these i wish i hadn't but i saw something like um lauren to offer herself to roy or roy to pro- uh lauren to proposition roy or, or or lauren offers roy sex or something like that and i was thinking it's a bit on the nose isn't it yeah and and i i didn't but i didn't know how it was going to be played like the the Thought way
1: roy might go look why not
0: the, the way that they did it She wasn't sort of being all sexy and seductress or anything with him, was she? Like you said, she was clearly not into it and she couldn't even look at him while she was saying it. She had her back to him. She had tears in her eyes and it was clearly to her a really icky suggestion, but one that she felt that she had to do. But when I went into the episode, I thought that she was going to either get the wrong end of the stick and think that maybe he wanted it, but I wouldn't. I didn't understand how that could work. <laughs> or I thought that she was going to, it was going to be just her being horrible, and maybe is this the way that we finally see the get light, rid get rid of her. She's propositioned Roy, there's no coming back from that. She's making fun of him. But yeah, we've ended up with a situation now that, and lots of people I've seen online are saying, I didn't used to like Lauren, but I sympathise with her more as the character now.
1: I can see, I could have seen a mishap happening when perhaps Roy compliments her baps. (laughs) And then from there she gets the wrong impression. But that's not how it played out.
0: No, I I, I get how people are feeling more sorry for her and and I totally think that that I probably would, but I'm just feeling a little bit tired of the the, the waif and stray coming in and being redeemed. And I know that completely doesn't tie in with what I've been saying about the Cassie character because I'm I'm really loving that part of the story. But, but.
1: Cassie's a kind of subversive kind of person, whereas, whereas now, this is the, the thing, Lauren's just turned into the ultimate victim.
0: Yeah. And again... Giving Alia a run for her money.
1: This is what I'm going to say, I said before, that there's a certain kind of fatalistic streak that she's got where she doesn't help herself and she just... This the, her stealing that key and letting herself into the saddle is the first positive go get thing that she's done the whole time she's been in the show. That's the most positive character development as far as I'm concerned here. Um, where she's actually instead of giving up, she's just every time something's too difficult, she gives up or she says, "Oh, there's no way around it." Mm. And I said I've said it before about that that character trait. Um, And you know you see it in real life too and it's a very easy thing to fall into but this character is now standing up for herself a bit more and i like that about it i found the scene uncomfortable but i i didn't it didn't move me as much as i i I think it moved other people because i i I thought i kind of had the impression anyway this young girl has been before max came on the scene it was one young girl and a gang of four or five men all of whom were racist criminal thugs i knew something weird was going on with that girl i think it was kind of a subtext already
0: See, i didn't and that's what doesn't really gel with me yep they weren't very nice pieces of work obviously they were they were racist but i didn't get the same vibes from them as i well, did with say you know nathan when that is this just going to be a repeat of the bethany storyline no, in a way or no. what could
1: the the other thing that uh, uh, when she came back she said she had been with her Mum and her new boyfriend, her new boyfriend, yeah, and I also got the impression that she was hinting that he came on to her as well. So I think I wonder whether it was, you know, from her, from him, that she learned this idea that she's got to pay for her, her way in some kind of sordid way. But. um
0: yeah. I, I I just I I don't like the idea that you know not only they are are they racist but they're also this and it's just adding more misery and 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 is she going to be the latest Coronation Street blonde who they just put disaster upon misery upon they just heap it onto because she's a good crier and looking sad. But, you know, I suppose it, I, I wouldn't blame Corey for doing it because that's what often wins the awards and gets people talking. But I'm I just want... not feeling it. The, 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 what, I'm ready to feel it again. It, Ke- Kelly has not even been gone a year and it already feels like she's jumping into her shoes.
1: Lauren is not a real person. So, I, oh, you know, I'm being very callous about her and, and her experiences. And I'm not connecting to it in in a way that i'm I'm kind of being expected to. What I want from Lauren is not a sad story about how she was abused or coerced. I want her to go. My dad screwed my life up. I was given such rubbish in education, and all my ideas about the world are wrong. But you know what? I've got a chance now. People are giving me an opportunity here. I'm going to take it. I don't want... Oh, I've messed up. I'm leaving. And then... No, stay. Next episode. Oh, I've messed up. I'm leaving. I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. You know? She's mm. so... she's so She gives up so easily. Yeah. I don't want that of a character. And I know it, there's a mould of this kind of, you know, a well do well gone right. And it always seems to be a young, attractive blonde girl. Who's caught up in some criminal activity that then she's got a heart of gold underneath it all. 50%
0: and of the time Roy's gonna be the one that helps her to, yeah. to better herself. That's
1: fine, but but Lauren needs to grow a backbone here and she needs to show me that she's gonna fight for herself as much as anybody else is instead of just turning. I just over. don't want
0: I just don't want a tragedy. I'm well, also point, feeling yeah. that I'm feeling that this story is seriously lacking Sabrina as a as a regular face. I'm yeah, we'll get, get, and and yeah, what
1: happened to his bloody girlfriend?
0: Yeah. What's d- her name? Beck. I d- I don't, Speck? Beck. Beck. Sorry, Speck. I don't. Beck. I don't mind that Gav's not in it. As much as I like him, he's not necessarily needed. But if she's kind of making fun of, of Sabrina and being jealous of her and Sabrina's on the scene, the fact that Sabrina's never in any scenes at the moment, it feels like they're talking about somebody that doesn't exist. And I I'm think also that her not... being there as and and maybe Lauren seeing Max and, and Sabrina getting close that might you know stir things up a little bit more for her. But it's just, it's just I'm
1: also not buying Max as as a heartthrob of Weatherfield. Like he's just out of prison and now all the all the babes are
0: Your girls slocking. love a bad boy. Um. So, so sorry, this one hasn't particularly grabbed me as much as it has for other I people I really want
1: to like this more than I do and mm. I, and I I think there's a lot of potential in Lauren and that the actress you know I, she I like, did a great job she's she's performing well and I like her her personal story of you know loving the show
0: mm. yeah I thought that when Kate you know was, was performing those scenes and she was she was tearing up and everything I, thought, I was like <laughs> She's she's absolutely doing more that more than she needs to for this one. I think one, but. I
1: think maybe they're like worried and thinking, well, we don't want this to just be another Becky slash Kylie slash Kelly. We want her to be her own person. Well, how can we do that? Let's make her weak and sad, and and fatalistic. No, that's not they're what always, all we want.
0: They're always weak and sad. She they're could...
1: not though. They're not. They're 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 downtrodden sometimes, but they always fight for themselves. Well, and well. I also need her really to to sort of have an account for herself and why. And I understand the grooming thing, but but I I still need a bit of contriteness. I still need a bit yeah. of acknowledgement and a bit of taking accountability for your past and your actions and and explaining how how is it different if you won't acknowledge what you've done? How can you change if you're not accepting that there was an issue? She hasn't. She's basically like, "Oh yeah, well, I just hung around because my dad told me to." Like, mm. I, I don't. You you are old enough to know the difference between right and wrong.
0: Mm. Okay. Um. Ryan's story. Then, so we had a couple of scenes on the Wednesday and Fridays. There. Um. He's got a delivery. Got more. Got more drugs for go uh, through the post. No, no um, juice. Yes. Mm-hmm. He says it's just protein shakes. Um, and Carla's kind of getting worried about him just locked up in his room all day, pumping iron and everything, and she says that, just... oh, Alia wants to speak to you. Do you want to go and go and meet with Alia? You've been really boring recently, just stuck in your room. So they meet up in the cafe, and he's just a bit out of sorts. He doesn't want his sandwich, and I wouldn't want that sandwich either. Did you see
1: the thickness of the bread? Michael, people like those kind of sandwiches. It's a couple of centimetres That's thick. a doorstop to... sandwich. You couldn't
0: taste the filling in people that. People
1: like that kind of thing. I don't. I would, I'm just going to say this. I'm obviously going to be a terrible aunt when I get the chance, which will be never, that if I was Carla, I'd be like, Peter, I think Ryan's just in there. He was torn on his laptop this whole time. He says he's pumping iron, I think he's pumping something else. I mm,
0: know, oh maybe. I would be
1: like, don't go in there. And I'm telling you, he can do his own work. Carla just letting he, herself
0: in brazenly into I his room. I would
1: not touch a single piece of that boy's laundry. <laughs> Anyone who goes into a single guy's yeah. room, he's been in, he's been locked away in there for for days on end, and touches their trousers voluntarily is asking for serious trouble. She's <laughs> lucky that, that it was it was just drugs he was doing. Well,
0: this is this is what she does on Friday, isn't it? She's making his room, making his bed for him, trying to clean up a bit after him. He's
1: standing there in his dressing gown. She's lun. She's a lunatic.
0: Yeah, he's like, you done? I just wanna, just wanna get him a get dressed bugger off carla so she disappears away he injects himself and then punches his wardrobe And i thought
1: that was it's <laughs> good i came out of
0: nowhere yeah yeah well this
1: is part of the side effects of taking this
0: is roid rage isn't it
1: yeah steroids
0: yeah um so he he goes out for a run later but he's been pushing himself too hard and and collapses outside of victoria gardens fortunately local hero gary is there to to help him hobble over to a bench and um and see that everything's all right. Well, I just with him. want
1: to point out here that the having stomach pain is a side effect of steroid misuse.
0: Oh, was it? Yes, oh, it's well, not because he was running too hard. Well, this is what he says. So he he tells Gary, I just been I just been pushing myself a bit too hard, and my run. I'm fine. I'm fine. Gary sees that he's got a can of energy drink there and says, Look, are you is it this or he he asks, Are you been on anything stronger than than um Caffeine doesn't he? Gary yeah. has had a history of
1: Gary used related to work to steroids, didn't he? Used to work at the at the gym, yeah. And this was when Sharif thought he was dealing with steroids, but he was actually buying drugs for Izzy. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, he was, wasn't he, for for her, and then he got busted because Sharif suspected him, and so. Gary knows about steroids and and using that kind of thing. I think he was hinting that he was wondering if that's what he was, but he didn't come out and say it. I don't think we need that to be spelled out
0: no but maybe Gary's going to be some sort of um, he's going to be help line for, for Ryan to get off like you don't right? need
1: to be super buff look at me <laughs>
0: um, later <laughs> on you just need to be really cool you just hair. need a
1: hairstyle hair that's <laughs> awesome and unique
0: back at home later Carla says what's going on with the wardrobe Ryan I went into your room again late uh, earlier and, and the doors busted and Ryan says oh I was just doing shadow boxing he went
1: for the shadow boxing gambit he could have gone for I saw a giant spider and I threw a brick through it
0: <laughs> that's what he'd really. have done or
1: i woke up and i thought it was a ghost
0: <laughs> <laughs> carla says look I'm, I'm getting a bit worried about your exercise addiction here you
1: can get addicted to and exercise
0: you, yeah and she's saying you're getting more aggressive you're getting a bit more difficult to be around i just want the old Ryan back the one that we used to go and watch films and things together with and he well, says look, let's just do that then let's watch a film i promise i'm 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 normal. There's nothing wrong with me. Goes off to his room. Looks like he's gonna um, take some drugs, but instead he puts the box in the bin.
1: Oh, good! It's all. So finished. that's the end
0: of that story, isn't it? <laughs> mm, I think not. Um, any, any, any thoughts on this this week?
1: Um, I would love to be addicted to exercise just, just for like about. How
0: long like, would it take?
1: God, at the, the moment, what to get to get to a. To, to to get to be to get
0: to your to, your, your perfect what's, bod
1: What's Ryan on? What's this app?
0: Um I don't know.
1: Bodmatch or whatever. <laughs> to Pod get Mad. on Bodmatch, probably about a year. Do you
0: reckon? Yeah. You should yeah, give it a try.
1: Um uh I don't think he needs to to do this. Obviously he's it's obviously it's a form of self-harm, isn't it? Yeah. And it's one of these ones where it's kind of like one of these eating disorders where you are very concentrated on healthy things and you restrict your your intake and it's very difficult to tell where the line is between obsessive dangerous harming harmful behavior and just being very strict and and kind of hard on yourself obviously we're they've added these steroids in to make us there's no there's no question here that this is dangerous and harmful mm. and it is a form he's a punishing himself isn't he he's he's using it to distract himself but he's also kind of punishing himself because of how he his face doesn't look the way he wants and he's kind of trying to force himself into some kind of <clears throat> ideal of of beauty but he's getting mad and taking it it's kind of like what happened with Asher where it's a, it's something unexpected It like we're all used to the idea of eating disorders anorexia, bulimia um, and how they manifest themselves and, and and you can spot the the signs, but, but this kind of stuff is a bit more insidious and it, and it's kind of outside most people's realm of experience. Mm. Like with Asher and the skin lining, lots of white people would never have even thought that was a uh, thing. No, no. With, um, with Ryan, with his exercising, I've never had to take stories to get big buff, um... Meaty
0: muscles. You bulked out all by yourself, so, haven't you?
1: I do like I said. I'm doing a dirty bulk at the moment, so that's <laughs> why. <what. laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What do you think? Um, What's he gonna end up? Is he gonna hurt somebody? That's the question. Is he gonna? He's already smashed the wardrobe. Up. Uh, yeah. The fact is he, that he gonna punch Carla? The
0: fact that they're leading into this rage is, I, I'm, I'm imagining that he's gonna. He's gonna. The, the the wardrobe was step one. Maybe it's gonna be hurting somebody. Is going to be next. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, there's no question about is the steroid thing wrong? Maybe Gary is going to be involved in, in discovering it. It felt like this week there wasn't necessarily huge plot developments. It was more just reminding us that this is what's happening. Things aren't getting better for him.
1: Maybe this is. We just... saw Royd
0: rage before. We saw Carla worried about him before. We saw him injecting himself before. Yeah. But it, it's. Spiraling it's, out of control. It's, yeah, it's getting worse. Maybe he's going to punch Alia. <laughs> I oh, <laughs> Just yes, imagine that. Please. No, don't say
1: that. Maybe this is just Ryan Prescott preparing for his next um, role after Coronation Street in a Marvel film.
0: Oh, maybe. There's also the whole thing with him uploading his body pictures to this app as well, and that wasn't part of this week at all. But he's clearly obsessing over the um, the attention that he's getting through that. It's really it just and really, really going to go really down, down the social media like, route. There.
1: They've they've gone. Oh, we got to do a story about a boy, like a, a man who. Who gets really buff and and uh, exercises his way into dangerous, harmful territory? Ryan Rescue started off about as buff as you could possibly get. Where's the transformation? It's, <laughs> this is like this is why it was always a story where a woman was just wearing glasses and then at the end of the film she takes the glasses off and everyone's like, Oh you were always beautiful. You can't do that with a man. Like, wow, you it turns out your ten pack your six pack is a ten pack. <laughs> cool
0: Um, let's 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 get to the end of this. Let's talk about the Todd story. Um this this is you again, isn't it?
1: Yeah, me and I, I'm actually doing an embalming course. What's
0: he doing? He's just doing his lessons to become a proper funeral director and not just somebody who sits behind a desk.
1: I don't understand it as well as it, I probably should to talk about They explained about it a
0: couple of weeks ago, but I can't remember exactly what it was. I think he says he just needs it's to finish off his exams. It's a funeral course. Yeah.
1: It's one of these things where I think, I can't imagine how this can be difficult. I could probably walk this and then I look at it and go, yeah, this is actually difficult... And hard to learn. I would not want to bother with this.
0: Yeah, well, Todd's finding out this week that actually being a proper funeral director involves it's really hard getting up close and personal with some Looking dead bodies. Dead
1: bodies. I mean, who would have known? So he he's um he's doing this course and George said George is like really just blasé about this whole thing. Yeah,
0: it's natural to him now. It's been in his blood. It's been the family business, and hes he talks about how he was having a bit of a giggle with the corpses whilst he's embalming them.
1: Uh, and George, Todd and Eileen meet up at the Rovers at lunchtime and, and, they're, and they're talking about the dead bodies while he's trying to eat his hot pot. And he's really put off. And and Eileen's like, you're going to get a pay rise. And then he, at home he's just surrounded by papers looking at his laptop and he says to Eileen, this is really difficult. Um, it's not just that I can't learn this because we all know I'm dead smart and I was a lawyer and everything before I ran into a bush. But I also cannot deal with the fact getting so close and intimate with these... Actual dead people, like when when I do the funeral director stuff. And <clears throat> now I'm just saying, what were they like? What how? What music would they like? Yeah, what he's kind de- of dealing coffin? with the with talking the about relatives. them when, as though they as about when they were alive. But this is like looking at a dead body, and you know, having to interact with it physically. And I don't know if I can do it, and I don't know how George does. But George and Eileen are really proud of him. And when George comes home, he gives them a little box. I thought it was going to be. Cough
0: links <laughs> Oh yeah, you said cofflinks, didn't you? special coffin-shaped cufflinks.
1: It's actually business cards, and it's got both their names. And Todd, it's underneath. It's got young funeral, funeral director, director twenty. Year, year. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then Todd says, "Oh, you wrote that down. I still, I still don't know who nominated me." And and George and Eileen exchange a look. And we still don't. I still. I, still, I don't I, get how this. I think is,
0: probably it's supposed to be obvious that one of those nominated him, but.
1: But why didn't they just say?
0: I don't really care about who. No, it's just a stop making a mystery a of it. I
1: don't get like why did why wouldn't you just say mm. uh, anyway.
0: It, this this was fine. It was three scenes of an episode, wasn't it? Um, I kind of always assumed that Todd did have things to do with the dead bodies.
1: You obviously can't. You obviously have to do this.
0: Get a special qualification
1: to make sure you're not going to like what do you not do? What do you not do with them? You don't put your hand up, you know, and turn them into a puppet.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh! Um, Yeah, this this was this was fine. What they didn't mention at all this week is the whole rest easy trying to poach him. And I think now George has got these business cards printed with Todd's name on. Is that a way of locking him into the business because he knows oh, yeah, that can't go rest easy, now, man is going to try and take him away? But I, yeah, I, I, I can kind of imagine also, that he's going to. This guy's going to come back next week.
1: Also, I understand they have busi- They must have business cards. I understand the use of them. But in my mind, I'm just thinking now, uh, why would you use a business card for a future director? Like you're walking along the road and there's a, there's a car accident. You're like. Hello. <laughs> <Here's my card. laughs> I my need my, my services.
0: <laughs> um, so that, that's it. It felt like we had lots to say about the Cassie story today and it it it, it petered out a little bit after that. Um, <clears throat> I still would say that this week was a fairly good week, but it was absolutely the, the Cassie stuff that kept me interested the most and then a little bit with the Rovers. The Lauren story was clearly meant to affect us more than it did. I definitely appreciated the acting. Um, I'm just missing
1: some emotional yeah exactly
0: something like that Um, but it's still
1: but I just want to say it's not just Lauren I have this problem with I also have the same problem with Max
0: Uh, I don't I don't mind him
1: he got somebody stabbed and blown up
0: he's changed he's
1: and he's changed. like oh well I can't you know I
0: was groomed
1: <laughs> well you groomed other people you can't just you can't just be a circle of everybody grooming everybody till we get back to the beginning and nobody's responsible for any of their actions
0: what score are you giving at this like, Gemma
1: <laughs> um I'm gonna give this three and a half yes that's yeah
0: <laughs> three yeah, and a half your specials yeah. out of five I I'm like... going to
1: go away and look this song up
0: okay hear okay, the real thing is
1: it even a Lizzo song I don't even of know of course
0: it is um, I'm, I'm going to give it a three and a half as well I feel like I've been given three and a half for quite a few weeks in a row at the moment that's a pretty good should... score exactly the way that I'm feeling about Cory at the moment is there's, there's not much at the moment that's absolutely keeping me mega hooked and gripped and this is you know, golden age of Coronation Street isn't it fantastic at the moment um, can't tear my eyes away from the screen, because that's definitely not the case. But on the other hand, I'm not watching episodes going, this is absolutely dull, even though there are some, sometimes some stories in there at the moment that I'm not mega invested in. There's always something that's keeping me engaged enough. So um, I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it... Um, three and a half smoking tashes. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah. out of five... Cassie,
1: um, my character of the week.
0: Cassie, interesting. Why have you picked her over some of the others there? Why, why not Evelyn or or anyone else?
1: Well, Evelyn, you know, Evelyn's just a masterclass and everything, but she wasn't the main character. It was Cassie was the main character of this particular week of this story installment. Do you think?
0: Yeah. Cassie, yeah, I'm going to say Cassie as well because there's more kind of mystery around her. I'm more intrigued about Cassie's history and, you know, is she a really nice person? Is she just taking him for a ride?
1: With Evelyn being moved into the flat and Cassie being moved into Tyrone's house, the perspective has changed from this being a story about Evelyn's relationship with Cassie to being Cassie's relationship with Evelyn and Tyrone. Yes. So I get, I get, you know, a triumphant return here. Claire Sweeney.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's hope this is a nice lengthy stay that she's going to be uh, in. I've, I've got, got only positive things
1: to say about her, and, and I, although I'm not relishing the direction the story inevitably has to take, how many times have I sat here and said, I'm not interested in where the story is going because I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and and then the next know, week's like, oh, really I didn't see that elephant coming <laughs> through the room.
0: <laughs> right, um, I think that's it
1: then. No, you haven't picked yours. Who's your character? I did, which?
0: I said, I'll go Cassie as well. You I, can't I just I would, steal my idea. You've got to think, like, you you go think of your
1: so. own character. No,
0: I think I. it was clearly going to be somebody out of this story. And like I said, as Cassie was the one who intrigued me the most. Um, what about
1: Mr. Wainwright? What's his name?
0: Mr. Waterford fat fan. No, it's Cassie. Cassie is my character of the week. Let's move on. Okay, it is news time. There's ba- barely any news this week. It has not been a news heavy week at all, but there has been something important that has come up that everybody needs to pay attention to. The NPA shortlist came out earlier this week, so you've got to go and vote. Got till the 5th of September, which was the day of the National Television Awards. So if you head your... I haven't actually got the address yet. You'll find it. You know where it is. Um, let's see who has made it onto the shortlist. So serial drama performance, Gemma. We have got two Corries against one EastEnders and one Emmerdale, I think it is. So Charlotte Jordan and Maureen Littman uh, up for best serial drama performance. And I'm like, oh about this one. Charlotte Jordan clearly has been fantastic this year in the um, the stalking and the asset attack story. But then I'm kind of thinking, oh, the story's gone off the boil a little bit. But that's not Charlotte Jordan's fault. She's still been a brilliant actress throughout all of this. But Maureen Littman, you know, I'm invested in the story and I think that she's a fantastic actress. Um, I'm really pleased that Maureen has, and actually quite surprised that she's in a good way. That she's even made it to the final four for serial drama performance. Because it's usually that somebody like her would be nominated for, you know, best duo with Roy or best comedy part, uh, best comedy performance. Best but actual, coming. you know, this is the best soap star. She's one of four out of all the characters there could be. That's amazing, and yeah. I'm glad that she's been recognised because clearly she is a real big talent.
1: To me, to me, Maureen Lippmann, I'm always scared that she's like. Yeah, I'm just doing this for... For fun, I, I can go. There's, there's the I pin
0: money.
1: I, I don't. I, you know, I'm not doubting her professionalism or her commitment to her role. But we all know Maureen Lipman's not doing this because she needs to keep the lights on. <laughs> you know, she's she's she could retire at the, any point now. She could just sit at home and then put her feet her feet feet up. So I don't take a second that she's in the show for granted. I absolutely adore her character. I think she's a great actress. We all know that she's a legend. Mm. So I, you know, I I, I think it's um lovely that she's being recognized like you say as being a serious and important and integral part of Coronation Street because yeah. I think um sometimes when you have a celebrity actor you know what I mean by that um they can kind of feel like a guest star like and also or like a special appearance by and you know she's been in do it you for feel five like years that about I her. do because I still doing it because bit. I'm scared she's going to go mm.
0: Mm. Anyway, that's fantastic that she's up there. Um, we got Shanique Sterling Brown up for the Rising Star Award, so good for her. Yes. Um, haven't had too much DD recently, but this year she's it done feels so like well. she's been involved in more storylines than Glenda, who I say would be her next competition. Glenda is a uh, brilliant, brilliant character, but she's not been the given same time, didn't they? With the same drama. Dramatic stuff to do. Yeah, 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 thereabouts within a month or two of each other. Um, And obviously, Coronation Street is up for best serial drama. So get yourself um, over to the NTA website, go and give yourself a vote. We have got. You know, three tele- weeks or so National Television Awards I, handle, the, I don't the, the know voice, the, the winners are announced that's
1: a great one um, everyone wants that one
0: <laughs> it is this is the, this is the important one is thing, it it's better than a BAFTA I would say it? so I would say so um, and the only other bit of news that I could find that is actually worth mentioning so sorry to any other news, newsy things that have it's happened there's probably loads of other gossip yeah.
1: stuff like check out Helen Flanagan's new pair of clogs she took on holiday or Oh wow! Well, there, was story, there was a story. There was a story on one of the websites
0: this week about um, what's her face that played oh, yeah. um, Katie Armstrong doing being a nail technician. I thought, like, no
1: one, yeah. don't just leave everybody alone.
0: Well, I mean,
1: well, this is gossip too.
0: It's not gossip. It's just about Chris Fountain, who hasn't been in part of Coronation Street for what over ten years now. But like this time last year, you might remember we talked about. I think we talked about I the fact that he had um, he had a stroke. Um, and and he and he just posts on his Instagram this week that he's he's chugging along and he's doing all right. He says, "I uh, had to make a lot of changes, but things have gotten so much better." Be as positive as you can be. Live life to the full and do not give up, no matter how, how hard things get. So yeah, that that's, well, that's, that's news, this, is bit, this is the caliber of our news this week. I mean, I wanted to to have a news section because I wanted to mention the NTAs, but I didn't want to just make it about the NTAs. You could have done. I could have done, but you know, we might have some diehard Tommy Duckworth fans here that. are Wanting to know, because they don't follow him on Instagram for some reason, how Chris Fountain is doing. Well,
1: he's okay. I hope he, I hope he recovers and enjoys his positive
0: changes. Me too. <laughs> Should we move on? This is why it's silly. <laughs> let's, let's do feedback, then. <laughs> oh, that was a short cabin, wasn't it? Although, I was actually, I forgot to even say, and I'm not going to go back and re-record it, so I'm going to say it now. What are Coronation Street's chances in the NTAs? Unfortunately, I don't think that they're very strong because we saw from the British Soap Awards this year that EastEnders has got all of the, you know, they, they've got so many fans voting for them. EastEnders won all of the fan-voted categories in the British Soap Awards this year. Coronation Street didn't do so well there, so you know it's this—it's the actress who played Lola that's up for
1: yeah, she's up the up one against, ruining it.
0: Um, Maureen Lipman and Charlotte Jordan and. Just seeing Charlotte. the reception, Charlotte Jordan. So, you and we just saw from the reception that this Lola actress got the British Soap Awards that she's got these armies of adoring fans that are probably really going to vote for her to win this. So, I predict that she is probably, unfortunately, going to win this. That's one.
1: unfortunate for her.
0: Um, I don't know who, I, I, there is an EastEnders actor going up against Shanique as well. Um, and obviously, EastEnders is there for best serial drama. It wouldn't surprise me the way things are looking at the moment that EastEnders walks away with Is all that three the of those this year. Is that the one that
1: plays Albert Einstein?
0: Let's talk about feedback. So, um, how, last week, 3.61 was the score in the Facebook group. How dare you? Also averaging around 3.5 like us. Archie gave it four apologies to Betty out of five. Oh, that was... Jack, three Poss watches. I forgot for a plot point <laughs> out of five, and, and Judas was my pick of the week. Who gave it three and a half? Rogue Bluetooth signals from Ken's telly. Gosh, out you know of what? Five.
1: Imagine if our if our um, phones accidentally started broadcasting our podcast um, in another room when our guests were around and they don't even know we do a podcast. <sighs> that would be
0: That's quite awesome. the um, shock. Gemma, yeah. I, we, well, we've got some emails to read today. And just in case anybody doesn't always listen to the end of the podcast... Gemma, how can people contact us if they want to email street us? Conversationstreet
1: at gmail.com Say so, that um, again? Conversationstreet at gmail.com That's
0: Conversationstreet at email. Give us, a, give us you an email. I said the complete... I, I said the wrong address didn't I? Conversationstreet at gmail.com You can email us and we can read out your stuff like we're about to do with Laura who says, just listened to what characters have changed. So this was our listener questions from last week and really enjoyed your detailed analysis. I've been watching classic Coronation Street, entirely your fault, <laughs> and enjoying seeing everyone in the wrong place with the wrong people (laughs) Maria is a sulky barmaid Tracy living with Dev I've forgotten Tracy yes has been watered down and I was only thinking how some of them have changed Deb is kind of normal. He hasn't yeah. developed the <laughs> overacting pantomime character we know and love today. Yeah, but he has got a beard at the moment on classic Coronation oh. Street. Steve, of course, sexy guy and brilliant with Saran Jones. And Biz is very different. She's loud, brash, gossipy and mischievous. She has the odd fashion sense, a lot like Gemma now and she's almost the joke character. If I remember, I think Chesney arrived and maybe then her character developed. I can't remember, um, possibly, I, th- I can't remember when Chesney's due to come in but I think... Fizz did take on a bit more of a maternal role.
1: Ready for the whole country to fall in love with Chesney yeah, all over get, again. prepare
0: for this, everyone. Some of them are the same. Sarah Lou hasn't changed a bit. And even tiny little David, I would argue, he had the one-liners even then. Bless him. Anyway, she says thanks for that. It was a fun game. And this week's Corrie was banging. Banging. Talking about last week's Corrie, that is.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Laura. I'm glad you appreciated it. We had a couple of people um, who sent us things or posted on Facebook or whatever about characters that have changed. I'm glad that, yeah, was, that's a, a nice glad sparked, that was a topic The interested people.
1: Richard uh, has emailed us and he says it's been a while since I sent in any feedback, but from my perspective, the show is really strong overall at the moment. I've just been playing catch up with bonus podcast episodes of the past week. listening to them. five most important families. This was our Patreon episode. Yes. Um, one which was excellent and made me think about the extended family connections within the show. For me, the Barlows are number one due to the number of legacy reasons, but primarily for Ken appearing in episode one, and still featuring now, almost 63 years later. I have a theory that at some stage, possibly following Ken's inevitable eventual devi- demise, will probably be in another 63 years, Ken will- Daniel will change his surname from Osborne to... Barlow as a tribute to his dad. Oh, that's I a I think that's
0: theory, a brilliant actually.
1: theory. Yeah, good. I'm going to steal that and say it Because my, he doesn't like, idea.
0: he doesn't have any... Um, connection to his mum. He didn't even mom like anymore. his mum. No, exactly. Why Ooh. is he keeping
1: Osborne? Make up your own surname, but Barlow, yeah, great. I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that.
1: Richard says, while I realise that Ken had a very limited contact with Daniel in his formative years, Denise was hardly a model parent in abandoning him as a child to effectively bring himself up. I'm surprised that due to the improved relations between Ken and Daniel in recent years, with the exception of Daniel almost killing his dad, <laughs> that Daniel was still to take on the Barlow moniker. The bonus episode was excellent and as a viewer since the early 70s, the Ogdens, including Eddie, will always be my most, one of the most, most important families in the show.
0: That, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind that idea.
1: If you want Dan to... Daniel Barlow. Yeah, Daniel Barlow. Sounds funny, though. Mm. I bet lots of people think he is a Barlow, though, don't they?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: if you want to hear that and many other excellent bonus episodes, you can join our Patreon. Um, $5 a month will get you access to all of our back catalogue and all of our...
0: Nice, sneaky little ad ...new that, ones.
1: Like. Oh, yeah, Richard tipped <laughs> me off on that one. And, of course, everyone is th- thrilled and excited to find out what our... Bonus episode will be for this month. I've got
0: no idea. Uh, got top a few five weeks to figure it out. beach
1: holidays. Um, Chris has emailed <laughs> us.
0: I think this one came in earlier today. Um, Chris says, I'm sure most people were shocked when that scene between Roy and Lauren suddenly turned very dark very quickly. Gemma, were you shocked?
1: I don't think I was.
0: I don't think, yeah. I,
1: because I just don't think it's that... Un, I don't think... Uh, maybe, I, maybe it's because I have seen a lot of dark things and seen how women are exploited, especially young girls, especially pretty young girls by men. I I wasn't surprised that she had experienced this kind of thing. So...
0: Um, I think Cory spoiled it by going into way too much detail about what Lauren was suggesting having her explain in, in what her motivation was, what had led her to thinking the way she does, it would have been more powerful to have left it with her saying that if he has needs, I don't mind and then seeing Roy's horrified reaction the audience didn't need it spelling out.
1: I think that's the, maybe, yeah, maybe it was over-egged
0: mm. yeah because we...
1: I think you've got to trust the audience a bit more than Cory does at the moment
0: she still hasn't said exactly, you know, she um, what she's had to do and who she's had to do it to. But I think that scene definitely said all all it needed to say. Okay. Um.
1: Well, no. Well, this is this is Chris's point. Is that yeah. it? It didn't need to say all of that.
0: No, the the extra isn't needed anyway. That's a very good point. I'm currently working my way through the eighties and nineties while traveling on trains and planes. Oh. And in my current episodes, December nineteen ninety, a recently widowed wife, Jackie Ingram, of the owner of a clothing business, is struggling to suddenly have to learn the ropes of the rag trade, an underworld boss. Mike Baldwin, is offering sage advice, amongst other things. <laughs> if Carla continues to be as dissatisfied with Peter as Mike was with Alma, and she starts her an affair with the recently bereaved Lou, then we know they're really running out of ideas. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't think it's going to go that way. However, that's only the second most blatant example of a recent story, a recycled story that there's been going on at the moment. In the same bunch of episodes, Don has been helping out a young lass who's down on her luck.
1: i think i saw a few people suggesting that carla and lou might have a sapphic interest in one another which i thought was a a really interesting um perspective on it
0: don't don't think i I don't think i say that okay uh right nancy gemma over to you accuse
1: you you of having a bad imagination (laughs) okay nancy says I love the Rovers scenes this week. Glenda losing her voice was hilarious. It looks like Glyn Young was brought in for the comedy. Philip Newton did what I expected whilst dancing with Glenda. We may not have needed the microphones, um, but it all worked out because how well Jenny can do comedy. Jenny apologising to Betty was brilliant too. Yeah, that scene was very good. I love the way Henry was with Gemma and Chesney. It was so charming even when Chesney hit him. <laughs> Jenny needs to stay at the Rovers. I'm looking forward to her scenes with Henry and the Rovers, with Newton and Ridley as the owner. I think we have seen enough of the Rovers' financial problems, so we don't need to have Jenny lose the Rovers. Perhaps they could change what the Rovers offers to get more business. I loved how Lou wanted to find out about how Rufus actually died. Sean commenting on Lou's dress was brilliant. Stephen will find a way to get rid of the tie pin problem. It was brilliant of Carla to realise Peter was acting strange. I'm not sure that Peter will be able to explain about the watch. Will he get arrested? There's something he did not do. He did do it though, Nancy. He yeah, no, no, no,
0: but is yeah, but is he gonna get accused Oh will he of being oh I see. Yeah, yeah.
1: Will he get set up by Stephen? Yeah. Yeah. So um Nancy says Stephen still needs money. Could he kill Lou next?
0: Not not. I don't really think he's yet. gonna get
1: I don't see how he could get money out of killing Lou though. Unless he maybe he could forge a contract. I don't know could do couldn't he
0: how's he gonna do it flush her down, <coughs> the loo. Loo oh, down the loo
1: loo down the loo 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 Nancy says Sabrina and Max are great together I think Lauren's racist tendencies will come out while working for Roy this is how Max will finally let Lauren go that's interesting
0: mm. I wish
1: I wish I just anyway I like the new Ruby she says I wonder if hope will cause a scene in the show I'll give this week's episodes four times Daisy tested the microphone out of five. (laughs) Character of the Week is Jenny. Thank Thank you, Nancy.
0: Nancy. And finally, Rebecca, first of all, agree with Michael. Love that the Rovers has finally got a big story and was the main focus of the week. I also agree Glyn Young was annoying, but I did find Glenda saying, should I sing my heart will go on? Then Glyn Young being carried out on a stretcher. Quite funny. I did think, though, that Glenda was going to find Glyn dead when he went for his nap. Yep. Love the bet and Betty mentions. However, how Bette was engaged to Cecil. I also loved Henry mentioning to Jenny how sorry he was that he tried to scam her and Johnny and Jenny was like, Won't say anything about it. <laughs> Through gritted teeth. <laughs> now, we know Henry is divorced, maybe the divorce hasn't subdued him and has, subdued, has him. subdued him and that's why Henry isn't as goofy. Oh. What? You lose your you lose your You better watch out. Bonkish, bonkerish. Bonkish? Bonkersishness. I think you
1: get more bonkin sometimes when you I also crossed. agree
0: with Michael. I don't know if we were meant to find Glyn Young good or not. Although Rita fangirling over it was quite cute, although she should have sung herself. Jenny saying sorry to Betty really broke me. I do feel sorry for Sam Aston though, having to play such a glum character in Chesney. Glum
1: is such a good word, Phil. Although I
0: am glad... Gemma told Chesney about Henry. As you know, something is going to happen between him and Gemma, although I'm leaning towards maybe a pass towards Gemma on Henry's point of view. I'm still not necessarily seeing that at the moment.
1: I don't understand why Henry, who's who kind of has seemed to be reborn as a somewhat competent businessman, would ever think that Gemma would be useful in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I was kind of expecting um, there to be a scene... I'm sure this is like the staple of '90s comedies, where some kind of uh, rough, yo- like yokel local, gets reluctantly hired by a slick city business person, and then they go and do some kind of deal, and then and then the sort of the rural person's like, I seen that there's <laughs> there's oil in them hills, and they're trying to they're trying to buy the land off us for. a... Too cheap a price, I say we should try and get more money out of them. They're like, my goodness, you do know your your <laughs> your mountains and dirt. You can be my business partner. You know what I mean? I can just yeah. imagine, like, Gemma would be like, Gemma is going to, it feels like a missed opportunity that Gemma's not going to perceive something that only she can from her perspective. Like, maybe maybe they're going to get, like, a pair of nefarious deaf um, uh, suppliers coming in who are like, chatting crap about Henry and go. we're gonna we're gonna sell him flat lemonade and he'll never know and they're like yes yeah, si- signing to each other it's the
0: nefariousness like, is the is this Waterford trying to
1: no I mean I'm trying to say Gemma Gemma would be able to re-understand the sign language yeah I know. and they wouldn't know that she they wouldn't realize they would they would overlook her because she's you know, they think she's beneath her, but actually she's got these skills that are hidden Mm. by her outward appearance. So this guy, maybe Mr. Waterford actually is a massive sign language fan. (laughs) (laughs) And Gemma's going to, maybe Gemma's going to buy some shares because she's going to see Henry, uh, Philip Newton and Mr. Waterford sign in. make sure Henry doesn't get
0: it. I feel possibly not.
1: I've gone on a bit of a (laughs) sidetrack. I'm
0: going to go back to the email. Um, I'm still convinced Henry or his father won't end up in buying the pub. However, if they do, I'm convinced Jenny will still be the landlady unless Glenda gets blackmailed by Philip. Now, Stephen did steal the LSD from Rufus to give to Carla, but Rufus had a heart attack from taking too much cocaine to end up in the hospital. Is Stephen going to frame Peter by managing to plant a watch with a Rufus artifact? No. No, I'm not enjoying the Eliza Dom story. And also, are they doing a character assassination on Stu? I didn't realise he used to be so angry. I wouldn't say that they're character assassinating Stu, but that's maybe because I've never really, really loved him. And this story isn't changing my opinion on him too much. He was never the brightest bulb either, was he? I don't know. Um, I agree that Eliza is being slightly Mardy. I think
1: Stu's personality when he came in was coughing guitar.
0: Oh yeah, I remember his guitar. I haven't seen that out of ages. Also cold. Three things. Max is an idiot. Lauren is annoying. And I agree with Gemma. She is lazy. Yeah. And Gabrina can stay. However, although I think Sabrina might get attacked by Lauren and Max has to choose. Exactly.
1: See, other people suspect her still.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of Bernie being masseuse, although I feel like Fizz doing her Fizz fingers, it won't get mentioned again.
1: Interesting. Bernie was was masseusing and then she, on Todd, and Todd and her, uh, George was telling Todd today that massaging corpses helps to... Oh yeah, maybe Todd can enlist
0: Bernie to help out with the ickiest bits. I've never
1: heard of anybody being hired as a corpse masseuse outside of probably very niche movies that are banned.
0: (laughs) Finally, says Rebecca, I like the new Ruby and I think she might be a similar age to Hope. So if anything, the actress will only be a year older. Love how she got the solo though instead of Hope. Hope's not going to be happy, although I love another little bit of Hope and Nina friendship forming with Nina offering to do Hope's makeup. Character of the week for Rebecca was Jenny, although Henry and Glenda were close seconds and I will give the character of the week... Oh no, I'll give the week four times Gemma was called part rabbit by Henry out of five. And that's it. We have reached the end of our 11th anniversary podcast. What a a podcast it's been! I'm not, again, I'm not going to say this is one of the best. One for the ages. Not a podcast for the ages. Little bit tired, little bit hot, and it it just doesn't, yeah. Although I liked this week's Corrie, it didn't feel like it inspired a whole lot of discussion apart from the Cassie story. Even though the Lauren one probably could. We don't
1: need to talk for hours about everything. We still, you know, we're
0: still nearly touching three hours here, and there wasn't very much cabin there, so... Nobody's moaning, nobody's moaning. Um, next week, we will be back at the weekend with our normal Street Talk episode. The bonus podcast next week is like, hopefully, it's we, we've recorded it earlier this week, didn't we? So it's ready to go, but it's also going to be a video-related one. I'm going to kind of drop that as a little teaser for you. And it's like a really intensive video, bit of it, video editing that i will having to do for it. So hopefully it's going to be something that people will enjoy. But you
1: will still be able to completely get yeah, yeah. Get it from listening from just to just listening. the podcast version, but if you want to enhance your experience, please do find it on YouTube. It's
0: something. It, it's it's something that's hopefully going to be useful to people. Other people aren't going to find it useful in the slightest, but hopefully it'll or be it's useful. so mysterious. Oh, yeah. oh, what could it be? Um, yeah, here's, here's something that
1: we said we would do, but we forgot about what advertising the fact that sometimes we will do YouTube premieres on our channel. A YouTube premiere is where we will. Um, premiere (laughs) a video usually it's a video interview um and so if you see that's coming up you might want to hop on there because it will involve being able to chat with us and other people that are watching in real time as as the video uh screens yeah it's fun fun
0: to do some of those yeah some of our interviews and some of our trips up north so that we've done premieres for so people, people you might like that yeah don't, don't really do much more other live it's a special other thing time,
1: on so. youtube that we, you know the facility of youtube allows us to do so
0: yeah.
1: um if you ever see that coming up and you wondered what it was that's what it is if you haven't been to our youtube channel please do go on there pop on there it's subscribe lovely. like all our videos watch them all don't forget we do shorts after every episode of coronation street we go on And record a minute about what we thought of that episode, which is quite fun. And we uh, make this the video of the the screenshots from the episode. So um, sometimes it might be useful to jog your memory about what the hell happened. Um,
0: Shall we call it a day? Shall we finish? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all your support over the last 11 years. Thank you very much to Joji Prender for coming on the podcast this week for a lovely little chat. And uh, thank you, Gemma being my lovely co-host for the last 11 years long may to continue you're welcome let's see what next week's <laughs> Corrie shall bring but for now ta goodbye
1: bye 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 and the music for this
0: episode came from podcastthemes.com